You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman had shown Gotham the true colors. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> really? Like, 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 I'm like, wake the fuck up. It's like, yes. it's like, yes. you know, that's all. So, so like, I, I guess that's like, that's what I'm saying about like, you know, once you've like lost your virginity yeah. to this fucking movie, and then you come and say to me something about like, oh, my superhero wouldn't do that. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I'm like down the fucking road on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and it's a cool point of view. Look, I'm 100% fine. With it, there, it's a cool point of view to be like, my heroes are still innocent, you know? My heroes didn't fucking, you know, lie to America. My heroes didn't, you know, embezzle money from their corp. My heroes didn't fucking commit any atrocities. I'm like, that's cool, but you're living in a fucking dream world, okay? So... Welcome back, citizens of Gotham to the Eternal Night, a podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight of the DC Universe, Batman. I am one of your hosts. My name is Philip Barker. I am joined once again by my longtime heroic co-host, Mr. Craig Blaylock, and I would like to thank you all for joining us on this latest episode of the Eternal Night. You guys can follow us on uh, <laughs> Instagram and Facebook, T-E-K underscore podcast. You can also drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com. And, you know, you leave us a review or whatever on your latest podcast catcher feed of choice or even Apple Podcasts or iTunes helps the show get noticed. Uh, now that that's all out of the way, my guy, Craig, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing dandy. I you know what? I'm feeling pretty dandy, too. I'm kind of <laughs> excited to talk about what we're going to talk about today. It might be a little on the shorter side, but uh, yeah, yeah. Craig and I are back again in the cave. We got a couple things to get off our chest. Um, first and foremost, before we get into the real meat and potatoes of this um 
there was something I saw about the latest Batman 89 follow-up comic, Batman 89 Echoes, that I wanted to share. But just real quick, how are you doing, Craig? You doing all right? Oh, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I got some things, like you said, I got some stuff I want to get off my chest that's been kind of building. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that when we get to it. Indeed. I think I don't think I shared this with you, so this is probably the first you're hearing of this regards to Batman 89 Echoes, right? Yeah, all I remember is that this is the follow-up to Batman 89, and this has, what was it, um, Harley Quinn and Scarecrow yes. in it? Yes. So okay. I, I actually saw this, I want to say yesterday, I'm sorry I didn't share it in our group chat with parents, but I, I literally just saw it within the last 24 hours. So um, the 89 Echoes book, it drops either today or tomorrow as of this recording, tomorrow being Wednesday, Wednesday's new comic book day, blah, 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 blah. Um, but this headline actually kind of caught my eye because it's a little interesting in that it says the real Batman vanished two years ago. Keaton's Batman is merging with the Dark Knight trilogy to create an even darker Gotham. So, hmm. as you, anyone knows, or if you don't know, the Batman 89 Echoes book is from Sam Hamm, Joe Quinones, Leonardo Ito, and Carlos M. Manguel. Uh, his basically the 89 echoes story is taking influence from the scrapped fifth batman story that did not happen in certain respects either batman unchained batman triumphant whatever that working title was not really sure which one they landed on it could have been one or the other maybe there were even two versions of that script i'm not 100 percent sure on those details but it from what i saw in this article basically it now seems that a major nolan verse concept will be key in this story and the thing that it is I'll just get right into it in this paragraph. It says, in the opening pages of Batman 89 Echoes, finds a way to pay homage to the opening scene of The Dark Knight, where the Scarecrow is attacked by a crop of shotgun-wheeling Batman-inspired... Batman, sorry, Batman inspired by the original who failed miserably to stop him. When the original arrives, one of the vigilantes asks what's so different between him and the real Batman, at least the famous line, I'm not even wearing hockey pads. Now, in the opening pages of Chapter 1, a group of goons shoot Batman, at least it's a Batman, the newly appointed Lieutenant Harvey Bullock, because apparently Lieutenant Gordon was killed in the Batman 89 comic. Um, I, I don't oh. remember if that did happen, because I have, I think I have all six issues, or I have the first five. I don't recall, but I gotta get that book to kind of refresh my memory on that. But, uh, Harvey Bullock steps onto the scene to apprehend the goons himself. A further conversation between Harvey and Barbara Gordon confirms this is the fourth dead Batman on the GCPD's count, as well as it's been two years since anyone has seen the real Batman. It goes on to say that the Batman-inspired vigilantes were introduced as a concept in the original Batman 89 series, but with Bruce Wayne now nowhere to be seen, they're just not copying Batman and Echoes. They've replaced him. What's worse is they've come to embody his legacy of fear, bringing chaos to the streets. The person who was shot in the fake... The person who shot the fake is terrified of Batman's picture, showing that even without his direct influence, Batman has changed forever. Gotham, sorry, has been changed forever by the Dark Knight. The continuing story that Tim Burton never got the chance to bring to the big screen for a third movie, Batman 89, felt like a love letter to the world that the director created for the late 80s and early 90s. However, with a Dark Knight reference and potentially a Dark Knight Rises reference, like this, Batman's Nolan, Nolan's Batman was also retired away from the public for some years. The series becoming an all-around tribute to Batman's cinema legacy, turning old ideas into brand new stories. That's pretty much the gist of it. Hmm. That's an interesting concept to actually like expand on that idea that they kind of hinted at in, or I mean, not so much hinted at, but was shown in Dark Knight Rises. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
again, I, I don't recall if Lieutenant Gordon died in that book. Like I like I said, it's been that's, that book debuted in like 2021, and I I'd re- I was keeping up with it avidly that and Superman 78, surprisingly enough. And yeah, I don't recall if Gordon dies. If he did, it had to have been an issue six. Hmm. But I haven't gotten around. I've seen. I should just pick it up every, uh, a couple of times now. I've gone to Target and I I've seen they have the Batman '89 graphic novel like collected in a hardbound. Mm-hmm. And each time I'm like, uh, should I get that today? But I just like I'm always like, ah, I can't spend the money right now. <laughs> you know, I just thought of somebody who I used to interact with on a platform I'm no longer on that just <laughs> trashed that book. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like, <laughs> you know, there was a there was a podcast in a corner of the internet that this individual hangs out on. He just man. He, just, he was all about being controversial and always wanted to like make these really clickbaity kind of articles and like always tried to be super edgy in his reviews and he like he totally crapped on that book and I was like you just don't know how to have fun with anything do you said the story what? was super weak and dumb and I'm just like okay whatever I mean it's Sam Hamm the original writer from 89 and Returns so I I don't know. I, I like I said, like th- this cat just didn't at all know how to have fun with a comic, which was ironic because, if I'm not mistaken, his show was called the Let's Go Comic Show. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge for anyone listening who knows <laughs> who I'm talking about. That's it. But yeah, this guy just—I found it really ironic. Like he would take a dump on a lot of different books, but anytime Jeff Johns did something, it was just nothing but fulsome praise. So mm. that might lead to some insight into that individual's headspace in regards to comics well and i think unfortunately and it is funny that comic based things are now you know i'd say what maybe 15 ish years ago you were a complete nerd if you liked anything comics or superhero related then the mcu came along and made superheroes cool and superheroes became part of the mainstream culture pop culture and now you've got, and I, I, it's kind of unfortunate to see that so many people, if it's not dark, you know, like with Batman, everything Batman has to be dark. Everything Batman has to be controversial and edgy. Everything MCU has to be, or Marvel has to be cookie cutter, happy go lucky, fun times. There is no experimentation anymore no one is willing to let things just happen and see how it plays out is the way i see it and it's ironic because after a number of years warner brothers chased the mcu formula for their dc stuff yep and i would say in some respects it kind of worked i mean maybe not from a monetary perspective or a box office perspective but obviously like you know fans really flocked to that first Shazam movie and thought it was like you know some of the best DC shit since baked bread right like yeah people genuinely enjoyed it it suffered at the box office because it was kind of sandwiched in between uh Captain Marvel and Infinity and sorry Endgame so it really mm-hmm. well actually it, it was literally like two or three weeks before Avengers Endgame so whatever you know box office revenue it could have gotten it was immediately just overshadowed by Avengers Endgame so you could make the debate why that 
that's the reason why that movie didn't do as well as it could have. But then I look at the sequel and I'm like, maybe they just weren't that intriguing to begin with and the first one just got lucky. I don't know. Uh But then you also look at, like, you know, Birds of Prey. It's a rated R movie, sure, but, like, it had a very lighter feel to it in certain respects in terms of what the tonality was for it. I mean, it still had some pretty dark edge to it in, in a lot of ways, but still... I think it was a lot lighter than, you know, Suicide Squad in, in a lot of ways. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which is, again, even more ironic because Suicide Squad wasn't rated R. Birds of Prey was rated R. Um, yeah. I mean, even looking at the Suicide Squad, there is a large tonal difference between that first movie and that second movie. And I would even go on a whim to say that the second film, although, again, being rated R, is still lighter in certain respects. Yeah. But then again, it's James Gunn. So, yep. you know, it is what it is there. And then, I mean, Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. Like that, that movie is bright and colorful and an absolute far cry from what the first film was, which is chilling to think because it's, it's Patty Jenkins directing both films. But I will also like to add that the second film was greenlit when jeff johns was head of dc films and he co-wrote that script and there was a a, an avid change there to try and you know kind of move away from the the overall tone that you know was initially presented with what Zack snyder was doing when he was constructing the universe and yeah i mean looking at it's a night and day difference and that's not a pun intended between wonder woman and wonder woman 1984 the second film is is you can tell that people were like someone was just like yeah we need to be lighter we need to do things differently no sword no shield no hard combat no you know crazy evil villain who's this greek god like no we're gonna dial it back we're gonna make it a little more you know 80s we're gonna try and make you know we're gonna try and kind of reminisce and make you think superman 78 in some respects and it's like yeah that didn't help that movie's case at all (laughs) that oh the opening like i'd say like 10 to 15 minutes of wonder woman 84 is where you just sit there and you go oh okay so this is where we're going (laughs) that that whole sequence in the mall was just i was gonna say like the opening of the film opens up on Themyscira. Oh, yeah, yeah, Themyscira, yeah. Right. I meant, the... yeah, once we jump to the mall, when we're in the 80s. Yes, I would agree, because you get that opening with Themyscira, and you're like, oh, okay, Diana's mm-hmm. going to have to learn something the hard way, and then we jump to the mall scene, and we're like, oh, oh, this is, excuse me, very different. Very, very different. I forget what was after Wonder Woman 84. Okay, so Wonder Woman 84 was 2020, like tail end of 2020. The Snyder Cut came out in March of 21, and then Suicide, The Suicide Squad was in August. And then we jumped to 2022. We got the Batman and Black Adam. And then after that was... Flash. Black Adam. I was no, going to no, say sorry. Flash. Was it Flash was, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, then Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shazam. But, like, look at Black Adam compared... And, 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 you know if we're talking box office comparatively speaking although black adam didn't make that much money it made more money than both shazam fury of the gods and the flash did yeah right and if you look at the overall tone of black adam of any of the movies that came out after justice league 
and even after the Snyder Cut, basically anything that came out after what Zack Snyder had established in the universe, the closest movies you could argue that are in that same kind of tonal ballpark are probably Wonder Woman, the first Aquaman film, and I would even throw Black Adam in that mix to some extent. I would. I mean, Black Adam had its moments of kind of that more comical tone, sure. but I d- yeah, I do think it it leaned more towards that initial DCEU kind of feel. Right. Right? Like you look at what Black Adam was trying to do and you're like, "Okay, I can kind of buy that this version of Black Adam would totally go toe to toe with Henry Cavill's Superman." But then you jump to something like Shazam or even Fury of the Gods, and it's mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like that, that last scene with with Shazam and the Headless Superman cameo, I'm like, would Superman really do that? Would he? Yeah. Like, would, yeah. would Henry Cavill's Superman really do something like that? I don't think so. I, nope. Not not, not at all. No. And even, like, the whole mid-credits or post-credits sequence with, like, Amanda Waller and Black Adam being like, oh, you know, I've got a friend who's off war, blah, 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 blah. Like, her being the one to introduce Superman. I was like, that doesn't even feel superbly consistent, but at the same time, I go back to the Suicide Squad post credit sequence with Bruce Wayne and Amanda Waller, and I'm like, well, if anyone has any tabs on everybody in the DC Universe, it's probably Amanda Waller, okay? Yeah. I, I, can, I can accept that. But there are just some things that happen in a lot of these other films that I'm just like, you know, there's some, you guys are trying to do some connectivity, but it's just not in a, in a, I wouldn't say tasteful way, but it feels in a very almost disjointed way. Like, oh, we want to put this character in here. We don't really know how to do it. So we're just going to kind of wing it. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like like case in point, have you seen Shazam Fury of the Gods? I honestly have no interest in that film whatsoever. Okay. The third, <laughs> Nothing about it thrilled me. The, the ending of the movie brings in Wonder Woman. They have a running gag of Wonder Woman being the, the supporting kind of character in this film to some extent. Or basically, like, what they do in Shazam! Fury of the Gods is, like, they play up the whole headless cameo thing like they did with Superman. But th- it's Wonder Woman that they're doing it with. And then at the uh, end of the okay. movie, spoilers, Shazam! dies. But... Wonder Woman takes the staff, brings it back together, and basically puts it in the ground and brings Shazam back to life. Of course. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you guys promised at the end of the first movie that Shazam and Superman might meet. And also, you know, Mr. Mind and and Dr. Savannah are going to team up. And then we get to Shazam Fury of the Gods. None of that is paid off. (laughs) Literally, none of that is paid off (laughs) so much so to the point that the post credit sequence in Shazam Fury of the Gods is literally Mr. Mind and Dr. Savannah having a near similar conversation set a few years later. What? Yes. Yes. And th- these these movies are written by the same guy and I'm like you <laughs> literally did the same post credit sequence twice? Really? Like why didn't you just write a movie that paid off the post credit sequence from the first one? That would have been I don't know, a little more intriguing. Because I remember, like, leading up to Shazam, people were just like, well, I don't really know how to feel about these villains. They're made for the movie. They're not anyone from DC. It's like, why should we care? I feel like DC fans would have been a lot more inclined to care if they were like, oh, cool. Dr. Zavon and Mr. Mind are doing something magical, mystical, insane. Awesome. Let's pay this off. And they didn't. So it's like, shit, okay. 
whatever, we'll go, we'll go along for the ride. Literally, nobody went along for the ride because the movie bombed yeah. at the box office. Yeah, the movie didn't do so hot. And then, like, looking at The Flash, The Flash is, like, almost a, a, a literal mixed bag of tonality, and that's because you're playing yeah. with, like, you know, bat two different Batmen, a Supergirl who's just dark and jaded and it's like okay yep. yeah but then you've got the flash here cracking jokes left and right depending on which version of the flash be it younger barry older barry whatever and it's just like i don't know i honestly don't know dude and it's just frustrating it is frustrating being a dc fan sometimes and yep. then you you jump to something like blue beetle and you're like more of this please yeah please more of this it's a shame that movie did what it did at the box office. It probably could have benefited from some promotion from the cast, but you know, strikes happened. To hell with the talent. That's what that's what the big studios were thinking. Nope, we can hold out. We got the money. It's like, mm, you guys lost about five hundred million dollars this past year. Good job with that. Good job. Well, I still remember, like, to go back to the Flash, like how you were saying, like that that mix of tonality. I still, I remember we talked about it when we did our kind of like review-ish episode of it. Yeah. And like, it really is like, there are moments in that movie that are really awesome. But then there's so many other moments that you're like, Ugh, why do they do that? Ugh, why do they go that direction? Why do they choose that shot? And the whole time you're just conflicted watching it. And like we talked about in the review episode, that goddamn ending, dude. Oh my God. <sighs> that final scene. Yeah. <laughs> The whole I haven't I haven't been so angry at an ending to a movie in a long time. I just You know, this is actually going to lead in to why we're getting to the meat of what we're here to talk about. I I guess mm. it's time to take the gloves off and go full on off the fucking wall now because and not safe for work. <laughs> nope, not safe for work, everybody. This is where the not safe for work portion comes into play because, well, let me just address this right now. I am no longer on Twitter. I have taken our show page off of Twitter. I have deactivated both accounts. I'm no longer on Twitter anymore. Craig hasn't been on Twitter for a while. Smart man. Yeah, I, yeah, I got out of it. I got it, what, a year and a half? I tried getting back into it spent like a week or two and i was like this place is a fucking cesspool and i got out it, it that's exactly what it is like i don't let me look on my threads because i made a post on th actually no i didn't even make a post on, i made a post on threads but i also made a post on twitter or not, wow no not twitter facebook <laughs> wow see because you, you can't escape it you literally cannot escape this shit that's how yep. much of a cesspool this stupid application is and what it's become and how awful just awful of a place this stupid stupid application has become even worse <laughs> than when it first started now i left twitter for a number of reasons i just you know i i could not for the life of me just justify being there anymore i couldn't i absolutely could not and honestly there are just a number of reasons why i could not stand being on that application anymore and i believe the day i I left. I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through Facebook to find the date because I made a big ass post about it too. It got quite a few likes, funny enough. Because um, <laughs> I basically equated it to a toxic relationship, more or less. Because that's essentially what Twitter is at this point. It is a toxic ass relationship. Okay. November 21st. Yeah. Okay. So I did this about a week ago. I've been off of Twitter for a week. 
thank fuck. <laughs> thank fuck I am no longer on that ugly shite application, social platform, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But I'll go down the list and I'll go at them one at a time why I am no longer on Twitter. Number one, mob mentality. Number two, negativity. Number three, this is the one that actually really pissed me off. Broken gifts. Number four, <laughs> group chat overload. Number five, nerd discourse. And then finally, number six, shameless studio shilling and simping for creative individuals. Hmm. Okay. Okay, right? Yeah. So to, you know what? I'll kind of just go from least to best. The first thing that always pissed me off, the minute that fucking idiot Elon Musk took over Twitter almost instantaneously half the gifts on that website just stopped loading and they would stop posting <laughs> and any time i could not get a gift to post i shit you not i would say to myself fix your fucking app elon <laughs> and he took it over like over a year ago right so Man, for it is kind of crazy to think it's already been like a year it's been at least a year or so something like that and and like ever since then Every time I could never send a GIF, I was like, fix your fucking app, Elon. Fix your oh, fucking he, app, Elon. He wants, you, he wants you to pay for the verified check so you can get better GIFs. And, and that's just it, right? Like, that, that's another thing. He has tanked this application to try and turn it into a, an everything social platform. He's trying yeah. it, and it's like, if you want a blue verified check mark, you have to pay $8. If you mm -hmm. want to be in the know, you pay the $8 for a subscription fee. And it's just like, I'm not going to pay a subscription fee to use your application. That's fucked up. Fuck you. That's bullshit. That's absolute nonsense. I'm not going to do that. Okay? That is like the tip of the iceberg there. Because there are some gifts that I used to use on Twitter that would load and send a majority of the time. And then that fuckbag took it over and they stopped working. And I was like, you know what? Okay. All right. I'll deal with it. I'll just keep scrolling and find one that'll send. And sometimes I'd be looking through like five or six different gifts and they wouldn't send. I'm just like, you know what? At this point, I don't even want to send gifts anymore. So there's strike number one right there, right? Let's move on. Group chat overload. I have been in and out of group chats on that application because they just become way too much, way too fast. Granted, I'm, I am guilty of getting into debates with them and mutuals myself. I'll admit that. I wasn't always the nicest person in group chat. But if you've known me, like if you really know me, you know I am a passionate person and you know I take things kind of seriously, if not pretty seriously. And I'm very vocal with how I feel about certain subjects. And I'm not going to lie. I got into a couple dust-ups, a couple friends, and I was in, you know, I probably should have minced my words a little better. We probably could have been a little bit more adult, and I could own that. But I have had conversations outside of those group chats where we've made up and it's all gravy but still there are just certain things that happen in certain group chats especially like right before i left one of the group chats i was in there was just this constant barrage of just people just you know someone would post an article about certain news or certain movie or whatever and someone would chime in with oh that's fucking terrible oh this is trash oh this looks dumb blah, blah. It just, and i'm just like is that really necessary is is your reaction to this really that warranted in this group chat like what 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 good is this bringing to the overall conversation like one thing i saw was just you know i'll, I'll say it right here you know i i saw the marvels on sunday 
a lot of people, you either look at pe- how people are talking about that movie. It's, oh, it's like one of the funnest times at the, at, at the theater to what an absolute disaster of a fucking movie. I can't believe Marvel put something out that bad. And I'm, it's I'm, about the, uh, let's see, I, I don't even know how many times I can count on my hands. Like the, the sixth or seventh time that people said, oh, this is the film that's going to kill the MCU. Ugh. Look, if there is a movie that should have killed the MCU, I, <laughs> Thor, Love, and Thunder. That was just about <laughs> to say, Thor, you better say Thor, Love, and Thunder. <laughs> but seriously. Because I'm sorry, that movie is absolute garbage. But, okay. It is the worst MCU film, hands but ser- down. But seriously, it is almost redundant to say that, oh, this movie is going to be the death of the MCU. Because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has brought in like over $9 billion dollars. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's not. It's really not. That's the thing now. Marvel is a machine to where they can look at them. They can have a movie like the Marvels. They can have a movie like Ant-Man Quantumania and be like, yeah, okay, we took a hit. But Uh here's the thing. We just have to reevaluate and not necessarily change course, but we need to to pay more attention to what we're doing and maybe take a bit more of a quality over quantity approach to making our movies, right? And, like, even looking at their biggest hit, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, on paper, yeah, it made money, sure. It made less money than the second movie. That's not good. Mm -hmm. No matter what way you spin the success of that movie, the fact of the matter is, Law of Diminishing Returns is a thing, and the fact that it still made less money than the second movie. That, on paper, some bean counter, some executive is going to put their fucking nose up in the air and be like, well, it still didn't crack a billion. It, or yep. something, you know, something ridiculous like that, right? It's it's just inevitable. It's it, it, I mean, we even talked about off-mic how Avengers Age of Ultron had one of the biggest budgets of all time at the time, and it was almost deemed a billion-dollar failure. Yep. Which is insane to think about. And that was back again. That was Age of Ultron. Yeah, this is also we're, ta- we're talking years ago. Right. And look, the MCU is still here. Yeah. And honestly, their approach to retooling Daredevil from the ground up, good. Do it. Yeah. If you're going to make television, then hire television people to make your television. That that's their honestly with their TV shows. That was their biggest issue was treating the TV shows almost like a movie production. Yeah. And Secret Invasion was very clear proof of that. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Secret Invasion? I tried. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that explains it. You tried. So did a lot of other yeah. people. Yep, I tried. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people that I know, well, not a lot of people, but a few people I know who are generally pretty positive on a lot of things Marvel, look at Secret Invasion and go, yeah, this is hands down like the worst thing they've done. Now, you and me, we're like, we we look at the two Taika Waititi movies and go, those are probably the worst thing they've ever done, but to each their own, right? But I, I, I can't disagree with someone if you're going to tell me you think Secret Invasion is the worst thing Marvel's ever put out. I cannot disagree with you on there. Yeah. Because when that show starts, you are led to believe something something different is going to happen than what happens at the ending of Secret Invasion. Because the ending of Secret Invasion is just an outright slap in the face, complete misdirect of what people were expecting. Mm-hmm. And it, it is just not good. And going back to the Marvels, the movie bombed at the box office. That's a shame. It's a real shame because honestly, in my opinion, the movie's not as bad as people are making it out to be, but it's also not that great. But even then, a lot of the Marvel movies they have made 
haven't exactly been the greatest shit ever. Like they've yeah. been, they've been overhyped. They've been you know talked to death about be oh you know best Marvel movie ever. How many times has a Marvel movie come out? And people oh, are, almost every time. Almost every single time. I, 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 I feel like almost every single time a Marvel movie comes out, it gets called, oh, this is the best Marvel's ever done. Since the Avengers. Yeah, absolutely. Ever since the Avengers, starting with Iron Man 3, there has just been this grand consensus, among critics mostly, where they go, and I shit you not, as Craig and I just said, oh, best Marvel movie, they've, best Marvel movie yeah. ever made. Best Marvel movie ever made. Even with something like Thor The Dark World, which I do like, I'm one of the few defenders of that movie, it has its flaws, 100%. Malekith is probably one of the most forgettable villains in the MCU, although a new contender has appeared in the form of Darben in the Marvels. I can't disagree with that. But seriously. Well, I'm like, just going to say this. In my opinion, most of the Marvel villains in general in most films are pretty forgettable. And that's That's always truth. been one of my major problems with the MCU films. It's the truth, though. A lot of these villains are largely forgettable yeah like you know as i just said malekith look at yellow jacket from ant-man it's mm -hmm. like oh, they basically take the iron man formula which is a, a riff on the superman 78 formula and they do a for every origin film or you know kind of a follow-up or whatever they usually do a villain that is kind of a mirror of the hero and it's like okay whatever eh. yeah there are a few yeah. good ones sprinkled throughout. Like you've got Michael Keaton's Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm -hmm. You've got Eric Killmonger in Black Panther, which yeah. in, in in a way is a mirror of T'Challa, but like in an almost complete opposite direction that people I don't think were expecting. And then it kind of turns into a, a family debacle too, because you find out through that movie that Eric is in fact T'Challa's cousin, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's some deep, deeper stakes there. And then you get to Thanos, and every, everyone has their opinion on Thanos. I'm like, Brolin's great in the role. Don't get me wrong. Thanos came, did what he did, and basically changed the landscape. No pun intended. Like, he snapped the shit out of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. No pun intended. Yeah. It, was, it was good. What he did was good. He was a good villain. I'm not going to lie. But, and I would even say that I know a lot of people don't like Spider-Man Far From Home... I think Mysterio was actually a pretty solid villain in that movie. In my opinion, I'm not a huge fan of Far From Home, but in my opinion, Mysterio is one of the like best things in it. More, yeah, one of the more positive things in that film. Absolutely. And like as a Spider-Man fan, looking at Mysterio, I was like, yeah, this is kind of who he is. Mm -hmm. You know, magic, well not magic, but like, you know, how was the word? Illusions. He was yeah. good at making illusions. The way he made the illusions is up for debate because obviously a lot of people have an issue with like, oh, well, every villain's tangentially related to Iron Man. Okay. Yes and no. Yes yeah. and no. Right? But then you get to something like Spider-Man No Way Home. That was a complete far departure from what the first two films did, but that's also because it was fueled by nostalgia yep. in certain respects. But it was fun. Because we got all mm -hmm. three Spider-Men in the same movie fighting off against five. I don't know why they didn't do six, but five Spider-Man villains across two different eras of Spider-Man movies. Cool, right? Yep. But then you look at something like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is in my top MCU movies, but I'll wholeheartedly admit that the villain isn't the best aspect of it, even though I love Mads Mikkelsen. I love him as an actor. Yeah. But because uh, well, unfortunately they decided to just trade him out at the, at the end and just focus on Dormammu. Right. 
And that was that was the big miss for me. I was like, lead up to Dormammu. You don't have to bring him in in the first movie. And honestly, after looking at Multiverse of Madness, I'm kind of hoping that Dormammu is the big bad of a third Doctor Strange movie if one is to happen. Oh, yeah, true. I never even thought of that. Well, Marvel has been doing a lot of post credit sequences that have almost no payoff in Phase yeah. 4 and 5, so we'll see what happens there. But seriously, like, going back to why I left Twitter, like, there was just a lot of just overload in the group chats where I was I was just getting looking at these messages and I'm just like I don't fucking care like nothing yeah. personal to anyone I was in a group chat with but just some of the shit people would say I'd just be like I don't fucking care and honestly there was just a lot of fucking scoops and rumors that were shared and again I'm just like I don't fucking care I don't there was even one, there were a couple instances in one group chat where this guy, this, I'm not going to name names because I'm just not going to be that asshole. But there was just this one guy, this one dude who would just kind of push back on stuff I would say and like try and just prove his point to be right. I'm just like, dude, I really don't give a fuck how you think or how you feel about this. You can stop trying to prove me wrong. I really yeah. don't give a flying fuck. Your feelings aside, my feelings aside, just being straight, I do not give a single fuck. I don't. And that's even kind of leading into negativity a little bit because, man, if you want to go be negative on a social platform, Twitter is the place for you or X, whatever the <laughs> fuck yeah. your preferences for calling <laughs> it that. Because, oh my God, if you deliberately, and I mean deliberately, just want to make a profile, put up an avatar, or even put your face up if you have the balls to, and just be deliberately shitty to people for liking something, Twitter's your place. Go. Yeah. Have at it. And honestly, not gonna lie, there were times where I sunk that low, and I'd see some people being, you know, overtly happy, and I'd chime in with my opinion, being like, well, you know, I didn't really like it for this, baba, ha ha ha. You know, just being that snarky dick. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know what? I can't. After years of being on that application and growing as an adult and becoming the adult that I am, I look at my past self and I'm like, damn, I used to be an asshole. And I'm still kind of an, I'm still kind of an asshole. Let's be real. I am. But I look at my past self and I'm like, yeah, I, can't, I just can't fucking do that anymore. That's just It's just not cool. It's dickish. It's stupid. It's immature. It's lame. And honestly, if you're, if you're going out of your way to deliberately, like, comment or quote tweet someone just to be spiteful, just to be different, just to be... What's the right word I'm looking for here? Um, damn it. Uh, mm, I, I had douchey. it. Douchey. No, not even <laughs> douchey. Just, um... It'll come to me. But basically just being the antithesis of what you're quote tweeting, just to be the anti of that, just to be a deliberate dick, just to see if you can get hate likes for it. I'm just like, you know what? Almost a uh, contrarian in a sense. Yes, thank you. That's the exact word I was looking for, contrarian. Just to be an absolute contrarian. You know what? It's just yeah. like, fuck you, dude. Fuck yeah. those people. And honestly, I mean, I used, I, I was guilty of it, you know, in the past. I used to be one of those people that like, if someone's like, oh, I absolutely love this thing. And I'd be like, how could you love this thing? But like you said, I grew up, I started evaluating things and looking at it going, my tastes are not going to always match up with somebody. And that's fine. There is no reason to attack someone for enjoying something. 
Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. I am a little bit of a contrarian about Stranger Things. <laughs> well, I mean, we all we all got our thing. I mean, I mean, I've told I've told you before. I think I mentioned it on this podcast before. I've just and I grew up with it. I was around it. I had a lot of friends that were into it. I personally have never given two shits about Harry Potter. I just don't care. It never it never drew me in. I tried reading the books. I tried watching the movies. It just doesn't catch me. There's just something about that world, those characters. I just personally cannot get invested in. And see, Am I going to attack somebody over it? No. Do I think it's dumb? Yes, I don't like it. But, but, here, but I'm thing, not though. going to like talk somebody down. But here's the thing, though. Ten years ago, would you have gone out of your way to be a contrarian about it? Uh, yeah, probably back then. Yeah, right? I, I did have I did have some people that I just vehemently made fun of for liking it, and I look back on them like, man, I was an asshole. Right. And and you know, when I say I'm a contrarian about Stranger Things, I say that in in jesting faith, I should say, because yeah, yeah, because when that show debuted and I watched it, and it, my initial reaction was, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, what the fuck did I just watch? Because, you know, I mean, I, I, mean, I get it, right? It, it's, it's homaging 80s Stephen King horror, whatever. It's like, okay, I get it. Cool. Mm-hmm. And then it blew up and became this thing. And I was like, oh, cool. The show about the little kids with their psychic friend, who's basically a female version of Professor Xavier, blew the fuck up. Awesome. And literally, it's literally one of the few things that Netflix has in their catalog where they did not cancel it after a second season, which yeah, a lot of people make that 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 debate. And it's like, they do. They do cancel a lot of shit after a, se- a season or two, maybe three if they're lucky. But if you look at Stranger Things, that's their bread and butter. That's their num- that's arguably one of their number one sellers for that service. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I, I think without Stranger Things, I don't even... Would Netflix even still be around at this point? Now, we have friends that adore that show and that's fine it's great i'm glad you guys enjoy it for what it is mm-hmm. but i remember what really really tipped the boat for me was reading an interview with the duffer brothers and they were like oh well we were at a couple friends houses and like they we were, we were watching the show and they didn't have their tv settings set appropriately so we changed their tv settings for them so they could watch the show in the best possible manner ever and i'm thinking to myself like you touch my TV, I'm a fucking slap. Yeah. What is wait, when when do like when do you have to have like actual settings to appreciate a show the most? What right. the hell? I was just like, that is by and far one of the most pretentious comments I could have ever seen come from a creative entity. Period bar none. And again, you touch my TV settings, I'm a fucking slap <laughs> you. I'm not even trying to like incite violence. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but seriously, I don't come into your house and fuck with your TV, do I? No. Yeah. You just don't do that. So I just it just jars me that these two are just so up their own ass in that respect. And honestly, I look at the I've watched the whole show too, and I I do it I did it specifically number one for the four nerds and for a couple other friends just to like keep up with the conversation, and mm-hmm. also. Because I'm, you know, curiosity kills the cat, sure. Just to see what they homage and how they homage it. And honestly, as the series progressed, I just found myself going, wow, the thing they homage did it better. <laughs> like, like with season three specifically, I'm like, fucking Terminator did this way better. I don't know <laughs> why the fuck we're trying to riff Terminator because you guys are just riffing it hard and I am not. 
uh-uh, this just fucking isn't it. No, <laughs> just no. Like, I'm sure the Duffer brothers are nice guys, even though there was a report that came out right around the time season three happened that they treated people like crap on set. Wouldn't shock me. I don't know. I'm not going to say one way or the other about it, but hmm. I just I just think those two are in, in, in a class like Taika Waititi is, where they are so up their own fucking ass that they think their shit does not stink. Mm. And I don't know. There's just something about that show where I'm just like, look, I see what you're doing. I'm just not that impressed. Because if you look at the most recent villain, Vecna, it's like, okay, you're Freddy Krueger. That's basically all you are. You're fucking Freddy Krueger. That's it. They they <laughs> even went so far to bring in Robert Englund in a cameo role in that season. I was like, wow, you guys really aren't trying anymore, are you? <laughs> I just, man, I just... <sighs> If I wanted to be a contrarian, I can be a true contrarian at times. <laughs> but seriously, like, ironically enough, season four is probably my favorite of the four seasons because Eddie Munson <laughs> playing Master of Pups was fucking badass. I'll give him that. But <laughs> seriously, like that that show, in the same way Harry Potter isn't for you, that show is just it's just not my fucking bag at all. And honestly, what really killed the show for me was just how doofass the four kids were. The forefront, like I just, <laughs> yeah. I just do not give a fuck about any of them. I don't like my my initial reaction to that overall show is the best characters in it are Eleven and Sheriff Hopper. Oh yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I just just for me, it's just it's not my stuff. I I don't know. There's just something for me personally. <laughs> this this I know people are gonna get pissed at me about this, <laughs> but. Go on. It's really hard for me to take something like Harry Potter seriously. Like I remember when the final two films were coming out, you know, the big end of the story, big war and all this stuff. It's really hard for me to take it seriously when I see a bunch of characters charging one another with sticks in their hands and they're shooting poofs of smoke and little lasers at one another. <laughs> it just, I can't do it. I can't get into it. And then, like, the whole, uh, they tease, you know, and I've seen clips and stuff of the films. Again, I tried to watch them. The whole, like, they shoot at the lasers at one another, and the, they're doing the back and forth thing. And I'm just like, you're just using sticks. I, I don't know. It's just really hard for me. I can't do it. I, I tried. I tried. I fell asleep to, like, two or three of the movies. I, I just can't get in. It's just not my bag. It's just not for me. I understand that. And respect that completely. Uh, fortunately, I had a third grade teacher who was very much into, you know, fantasy style storytelling. And he really latched me onto the Harry Potter books at a young age. So it was a lot easier for me to look at those movies and those books and appreciate them. And, you know, I, yeah. I like magic. I like stuff like that. Not necessarily Magic the Gathering, but like the concept of magic, you know, wizards, wands, all that shit. Like, I find yeah. it cool. I've probably grown out of it now. But, you know, I, I looked at those movies. I like the first four movies. The last four movies are all directed by the same guy, and it's just boring. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. There's so many. Like, I look at the last four movies, and I'm like, there are so many creative changes here where I'm just like, yeah, I don't I, – I can't. I cannot justify, like, being as invested in these movies as I was the first four. I just – I cannot, you know? I, ju I just can't. It's yep. just – nope. Won't do it. I can't, I can't remember which one it was. There was – it might have been the fourth or the fifth one. One of the, it was one of the final films. I did try to go, I never saw any of them in theaters except for one. It's one of the only times I've fallen asleep in a movie theater. <laughs> uh, last time I fell asleep in a movie theater, 
was either well okay recently the third time i saw avengers endgame because it was at like a midnight showing but before that (laughs) swear to god it wasn't even the fault of the movie it was just really late and i'd just gotten off work my friend was like hey let's go see endgame i was like all right fine yeah yeah but before that the last two times i fell asleep in a movie theater 2014 may of 2014 x-men days of future past first time watching it oh yeah that was a second time may of 2015 Avengers Age of Ultron. (laughs) 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 Like, both those movies put me to sleep in the theater. I shit you not. Yeah, I can see that. And see, this is is just going back into the negativity. Like, I spent so much time on Twitter as, like, a young adult going into my adult phase now where I just thrived on negativity. And that's not Mm -hmm. healthy. That's not healthy at all. It really isn't. Fucking at all, right? Now... I've looked back and I've, I've I've watched Days of Future Past since then. I'm like, okay, it's not great. It's got good things in it, but there's just some other stuff in that movie where I'm like, yeah, you guys should have just done the comic like almost page for page because this is just not good. Like, yeah, at, at all, like at all, not not one bit, no. And even like Age of Ultron, I'm like, this movie is a fucking mess. Like straight, well, and, straight up again uh, again this is probably going to get me a lot of hate and again though i don't i don't fault people for liking it i really personally i don't like any of the x-men films that's fair say save for logan logan is the only time in all of those movies where i actually got emotionally invested i could deadpool? give two shits what about deadpool yeah <laughs> my thing with deadpool I've seen it twice. It's not that it's bad, but for me, it's just kind of forgettable. Ooh. Like it's it's fun, but I honestly don't remember anything from that film. Mm. Like okay. there were I mean, I was entertained and, and I laughed a lot, but if you're gonna tell me, hey, what was your favorite scene in Deadpool? I'm gonna sit there and go, I honestly don't remember a damn thing. It it, it left no impact on me. I not to say, why. and again, not to say that it's bad. I just I watched it. I was like, eh, that was fun. Moving on. I can tell you mine. Yeah. It's at the. It's in the third act. So when when Deadpool and fuck wow colossus and negasonic teenage warheads show up to save vanessa from uh ajax you know mm-hmm. Ed scrine's character fucking you know at ajax like yells down from the ship like wade what's my name and fucking deadpool looks up and goes "Ooh, i'm gonna fucking spell it out for you that's my favorite scene probably in the whole fucking movie because just the, the, <laughs> the subtle line delivery from ryan reynolds is just fucking beautiful in my opinion yeah, I mean, like, the character is great. I just, for me, the movie was just like, eh, it's fine. Okay, so here's a hot take for you. I mm. actually prefer the movie version of Deadpool over the comic book or even maybe even the animated version. Like, I prefer Ryan Reynolds' version above them all. Oh, same. Because, honestly... I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that boat. Like, like after watching X-Men Origins Wolverine... I was like, oh. <laughs> Granted, that movie's a fucking pigsty in its own right in certain respects. Yeah. The first act is great. 
it really derails once they move away from the the Weapon X program stuff. Like, oh, once, for sure. But but seriously, like if, if there was a trial run for Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, it was between Blade Three and X Men Origins Wolverine. Like that was oh, his yeah. trial. That was his trial run as Wade Wilson. That's what garnered him to be like, yeah, I can be Deadpool and I know it. And well, they made the movie on like a net less than sixty million dollar budget, and it fucking rocked. Yeah. You know, I like of, of I'm with you. Like of the X Men films, like my favorite ones are probably Logan, Deadpool, and probably X Men First Class. But even then, like you have to like put a notch or two in between, you know, Deadpool and Logan, and then like a notch or two, and then there's X Men First Class now. Yep. And that's partially because I'm just not a fan of the crap that Matthew Vaughn has been saying over like the last year in regards to superhero films. I'm just like, dude. You can't talk all this shit about superhero movies when you made X-Men First Class. Shut up. Just just stop, okay? (laughs) Just stop. Like, you're not making a great case at all whatsoever. And on top of that, this is the same guy who killed fucking Darwin in X-Men First Class, one of the most unkillable mutants. And he killed him. I was like, what are we doing? What are you doing? But but seriously, like, when it comes to the X-Men movies, I'm, I'm like, yeah, Logan and Deadpool. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at. And honestly, that's why I'm really jazzed to see Deadpool 3. Yeah, I'm again, I'm interested to see it. I, I'm again, it's just. The movies just weren't that remarkable for me personally. Well, to just kind of tie it back to Batman a little bit. When I was younger, I'd watch Batman, the animated series, Spider-Man, the animated series and X-Men, the animated series. And I always looked at Wolverine like, damn, he's like Batman. But he wasn't. Yeah. He, he kind of yeah. looked like Batman a little bit. I was yeah. like, okay, well, this is a character I can latch on to. And the fact that they brought Hugh Jackman back one last, well, not one last time, because it's almost on good authority that he's probably going to be in Secret Wars. But, like, he's in the yellow costume. I can't be mad. Like, yeah, that was pretty nuts seeing that clip. Like, I, 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 I've wanted to see Hugh Jackman in a yellow Wolverine costume for, like, 20 fucking years, okay? Yeah. And if Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy are the guys to do it, Deadpool three automatically gets a pass for me. Like, I yeah, more more power to him. Exactly. I'm, I'm down for it. And honestly, I'm so glad that Ryan Reynolds like has the fortitude to be like, yeah, no, I'm executive producing these projects because I am just not gonna let bean counters try and dictate how I make my fucking movie. And I'm like, slow clap, slow clap. Yeah. Yes, good mm-hmm. for you. Please and thank you. Like, we need more of that. Please and thank you. Yeah. And. Honestly, like, just kind of going back to, I guess we can just kind of jump in the other one that I had, nerd discourse. Like, there's just so much fucked up, stupid nerd discourse on Twitter every single day, dude. Like, (laughs) every fucking day was just one idiotic chain of comments and debates and talking. Just such a fucking waste of time. Oh, my God. Just... well. And I think a large part of that, I think a lot of that ties together with what you were talking about er earlier is the negativity. Those two go hand in hand because when they put out these takes, all they're, they're just looking to rile people. They're looking to get people upset and to get, you know, they want that clout. They're always chasing that clout. You know what kind of also breathes into that a little bit too in regards to clout and even nerd discourse. Scooper Madness. These, quote, insiders who have friends in the business or whatever, <laughs> right? Like these people. I got a, I got a, I got an unnamed source that has told me this. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, case in point, this one scooper whom blocked me on Twitter, not only from his personal account, but from the main Collider account. If you all know whose name I'm about to say, don't be surprised. Mr. Jeff Snyder. This guy. <laughs> this disheveled rat of a human being who makes his living off of putting out scoops that 50% of the time wind up, okay, I'll give you something. You might get it right once in a while, but guess what? A broken clock is right about twice a day, chief. Mm -hmm. That dude is a straight-up broken clock, if not the most broken clock, next to Grace Randolph, next to My Time to Shine Hello, next to Big Screen Leaks, Viewer Anon, any one of them. Fuck them. I don't give a damn. I'm I'm not on this application anymore. I'll talk all the shit I want about these fucking people. I don't know them <laughs> personally, but honestly, Jeff Snyder got so fucking butthurt at what I said because basically what happened was the story broke that Issa Rae was going to voice Spider-Woman in Across the Spider-Verse, right? Mm -hmm. This was put out by The Hollywood Reporter, and Snyder tried to take credit for it. And Boris Kidd of Hollywood Reporter was like, yeah, you know, you can thank me because I'm the one who broke the fucking story. And I left a comment under that. I was like, wow, no surprise. Jeff Snyder, a classless fucking thief. This <laughs> fool got so butthurt, he blocks me on Twitter, blocks me from Collider, and then I shit you not, Craig, this douchebag Facebook messages me. Oh, jeez. He Facebook messaged me and went, classless thief, huh? And I, I didn't respond. Because he, he knew it. He knew I was right. I totally called him on his shit. Because that's some classless bullshit right there. The reason why that fucking mook did what he did and does what he does is because he's never going to be on the same level as those trades. As Boris Kitt, as Aaron Couch, as Justin Kroll of Deadline, of any of these guys. Because when their shit gets traction, it, there's a reason why. Because they have sources that are I was going to say, they, they have real sources. They have yes. the means to look into that kind of stuff. Exactly. So, when that fool got all high and mighty and tried to say that shit, I was just like, nah, fool, you're a fucking classless thief. Eat my shorts. And ever well, since then, he's put out scoop after scoop after scoop after scoop. One of the most recent ones was just a couple months ago during the strikes. This dude tried to say who the fucking cast of Fantastic Four was. He tried to say that Jack Quaid was in the running for Johnny Storm. And Jack Quaid was like, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> but thanks anyway. And then not even ten minutes later, Snyder goes, oh, uh, sorry, it's, uh, uh, um, Joseph Mayer, uh, the kid who played Eddie Munson in Stranger Things, I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Really? <laughs> you can't even take the L? You're just going to backtrack and try and say it's someone else now? Get fucked, dude. Get fucked. But the most recent one that I just laughed my ass off at, this dude goes on the Hot Mike show with John Rocha once a week, and he'll always put out some fucking nonsense that never gets picked up. The most recent one, you ready for this? This dude tried to say that Michael Rooker was rumored to be playing General Sam Lane in Superman Legacy, and James Gunn, not even 24 hours later, went, nope, not true. I was like, <laughs> fucking right on. Right the fuck on. Shut that loser up, because he needs to shut the fuck up. Well, Man. and unfor unfortunately, we are in a world now where anyone doesn't really cost you anything these days. You can just create an account on YouTube and just start putting things out there and that's kind of the the ebb and flow of the internet sadly is where we're at now is that anyone can claim 
really anything. <laughs> you can say anything now, and someone somewhere is going to see it, and it's going to get spread around. It's a never-ending game of pass it along. You just reminded me of a story regarding the Snyder Cut. Oh, boy. So right before the Snyder Cut came out, there were two accounts, Lightcast and The Cultured Nerd. These guys tried to say that they had it on good authority that an actor by the name of Sam Benjamin was absolutely going to be the Hal Jordan version of Green Lantern in the Snyder Cut. Now, this was debunked and refuted by people close to the Snyder Cut and were like, no, it's not happening. But these two cats doubled down and said, oh no, it's happening. Oh no, it's happening. Snyder Cut came out. Sam Benjamin was nothing more than a uh, I, I don't want to say background actor because that's just very dismissive. He's a very solid actor in his own right, but he was essentially a, a U.S. military soldier during the um, when Superman resurrection when the Superman resurrection happens. You see yeah, him yeah. in the background next to Joe Morton after Steppy comes for the ste- for the, for the mother box. Yeah, yeah. He's a U.S. soldier. It's like okay, yeah, cool. He was not Green Lantern, and those guys doubled down hard on that. And I laughed. I <laughs> laughed. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is, is there was, in fact, supposed to be a Green Lantern, but the studio was like, no, you have to take that out. And it's like, fucking seriously? Really? Mm. Come on, man. Like, let the man finish his fucking movie the way he wants to. But no, Walter Mata couldn't do that. And that actually kind of leads into a little bit of my last one. But also, in terms of nerd discourse... Specifically, even the DC stuff. I cannot tell you how many times I saw the narrative of insert name here is going to save the DCEU because Zack Snyder's uh, in charge of it. Yeah. The name went from fucking Jeff Johns yep. to Walter Hamada. Now it's on James Gunn, right? Yep. And I'm like, guys, this is fucking dumb. This is a stupid fucking argument and debate to have the dcu never needed to be saved that is a yep. fucking stupid argument period bar none end of conversation like it never needed saving to begin with like we've had this conversation before warner but brothers the, would have been but, just... the, but every movie didn't make a billion dollars so henceforth it's all failure yeah <laughs> Ugh. yeah right you know like we've had the conversation before they shouldn't have fucked with Justice League. They would have been fine with what they had. They shot themselves mm-hmm. in the foot with what they did. 100%. And they've been limping ever since. Yep. So this whole idea of, oh, Jeff Johns, he's the comic book guy. He's going to save the universe. Well, turns out he's one of the guys who fucking trashed Justice League. So, yeah. you know, there goes that. And then you get to Walter Hamada, who I have it on very good authority. You people can call this an exclusive. What the fuck ever? I don't care. I have it on good authority that all Walter Hamada was basically doing was basically listening to what Jeff Johns was telling him to do in regards to what he should do for the DC films. The whole, oh, we're going to do smaller budget, that's all bullshit. It was total fucking bullshit. That wasn't the main reason why they did the projects that they did. They did them because he was listening to what Jeff Johns was fucking telling him. Yeah, there's a reason why he didn't get ousted as fast as he did when that shit happened and why Walter Hamada was stuck in there. Walter Hamada was basically nothing more than a puppet president. That's it. 
And honestly, he got lucky because when he got named president, he inherited Aquaman. And Aquaman was part of the original Zack Snyder plan. James Wan even went against the studio wishes, showed Zack Snyder Aquaman, and Zack was like, dope. That's great. Fucking right on. Looks good. That's That movie made a fucking billion dollars. Who would have thought? Right? <laughs> yeah. Who the, who the fuck would have thought Aquaman? Aquaman. I love Aquaman. Aquaman is one of my favorite DC characters ever created. Has been since I was a teenager. Right? But he was always the butt of the joke character. Everyone always clowned on Aquaman. Well, guess what? Aquaman's the only other fucking DC character to make a billion dollars at the box office. Suck on them apples. But seriously, this whole... like My last point here of why I left Twitter. This shameless studio shilling and simping for creative individuals just sickens me to the fucking core. Look, you like what James Gunn has done in the DC universe? That's cool. You like James Gunn as a creative individual? That's fine. I respect you for it. What I do not respect and what I cannot condone at all is blatant ass-kissing and (laughs) brown-nosing. That shit was just something I saw from select individuals who sat there and chastised Zack Snyder for his creative decisions. And here we are with James Gunn as the head of DC now, and he's making a Superman movie. It's not quite confirmed, but Nicholas Holt is allegedly in final talks to be Lex Luthor. And I can't tell you how many people I saw on Twitter before I left just take that shit to the bank and be like, Oh man, James Gunn is gonna fucking save DC. The DC Universe is in the best hands with James Gunn. I'm just like... (laughs) We haven't seen anything to prove it yet. Exactly. There's nothing to show for this yet. How can you make such an asinine claim when there is no physical fucking proof of this? We've seen nothing. Like, there is zero footage, zero evidence that what he's done with DC is going to be leagues and bounds better than what had come before, regardless of whether or not it came from Zack Snyder or not, or even Christopher Nolan for that matter. Like, you mm-hmm. you, you cannot sit here and tell me that just because that dude is a comic book guy that this universe is going to be a thriving fucking money-making machine, okay? There's no fucking proof of that. I think for me, and I know I brought this up in a previous episode, nothing disgusted me more with how people like you and it kind of plays into all of what you've said which has kind of kept me off of those types of social media accounts nothing disgusted me more back when Zack Snyder's daughter passed away and seeing people say things like Oh, thank God this happened so that he's not going to ruin our movies. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Oh, yeah. Go fuck yourself so hard that you go cross-eyed. You know, that is absolutely horrendous, disgusting behavior. I saw that behavior from a couple people in the comic book industry to name uh, Jamal Eigle, Kevin McGuire, people who have worked on comic books who like praise the fact that he was no longer making Justice League just absolutely over the moon about it in the most backhanded way possible I'm just like you guys are just fucking miserable if you really absolutely f- horrendous it's just ugly behavior straight up like and, and then Jamal Eigel had the audacity to call like Snyder fans terrorists it's like dude <laughs> whoa shut <laughs> the entire fuck <laughs> up right now because that in and of itself is racist as fuck Straight wow. up. 
because you know what's funny is like the Snyder fan base has often been equated to the MAGA fan base not to get superbly political here but uh-huh. you know a lot of Snyder fans have been reduced to essentially white men wearing red hats and being hateful and it's like the <laughs> Snyder fan community is not that in the slightest Zack uh-huh. Snyder has a very diverse fan base a lot of which are Middle Eastern so if you're calling them terrorists I'm sorry you're fucking racist straight yeah. up and honestly yeah. another another thing that really chapped my ass <laughs> I'm about to get real, real here in a minute. So <laughs> I was in a movie group for a long time. Real fans for real movies. For about six years, okay? Around the time the Snyder Cut got announced, and Ray Fisher started being brutally honest about the events behind the scenes of what happened to the reshoots, a couple of the admins of this, this, this Facebook page were so quick to be like, oh, Ray Fisher's full of shit. He's just mad Walter Hamada fucking let him go. And it's like, mm. Wow. Way to be dismissive of the one person of color on that cast, right? Right. Mind you, I was in a group chat with a couple of these admins. I can say with certainty and safety that there was some racial bigotry motivated behind some of those comments. Mm. I'm not going to name names, but anyone listening to this show, you ask me, I'll tell you straight up who it was. I ain't going to lie to you, but I'll 100%, I can say with 100% certainty. There was some straight-up racial bigotry coming from a couple admins. One in particular who was like, oh, I know a guy who, who knows Walter Amata. He's a good guy. And I'm just like, get fucked, dude. Get <laughs> I know fucked. a guy who knows a guy like, who fucked, told me that bro. this person's nice. Yeah, you ran accounting for Sony Pictures for a couple months. You want a fucking cookie? Eat shit, buddy. Yeah, dude. Like, straight up. There, there was just a lot of racially motivated comments made in regards to the Snyder Cut. It, it, the ironic part is, in the same movie group, years ago, when Batman v Superman came out, a lot of the admins and people in it were defending Batman v Superman. But when the Snyder Cut was getting released, you couldn't talk about the Snyder Cut. You couldn't say anything positive about the Snyder Cut. Only the admins could. And even then, they weren't even positive about it. They made jokes at its dispense. At its expense, sorry. There we go. And I was just mm. fucking flabbergasted at the, like, the whole turncoat of it all. Oh, my God. Matter of fact, one admin in particular who runs his own podcast was like, man, that was a great movie, but I don't understand why they used Hallelujah for the credits. That song's overdone and fucking dumb. And I was like, you know full well exactly why that song was chosen, and yet you still went so far as to say it was fucking dumb. Congratulations. (laughs) You're an asshole. (laughs) Because wow. anyone who knows that the meaning of why that song is in that movie and you still have, like, the balls to say something ridiculous like that, congratulations. You're an asshole. Mm. Just, just dumb shit like that, dude, is what I saw in that in that movie group. And honestly, they removed me the day the Snyder Cut came out. And it of course. Was, it, it, was, it was a shock. I was like, look, I've been a part of this, this community for, like, six years. I've been – I was – on good terms with these guys for a long time up until the Snyder cut. And then I was labeled a Snyder cultist. I was like, okay, whatever. I don't spend my time on Twitter boycotting Warner brothers. I didn't make any phone calls to Warner brothers demanding release the Snyder cut. I didn't harass anybody at WB directly. I didn't pull any of that shit. I'm not one of those lunatic fucking cultists. That's not my MO. I just happen to like the guy who makes the movies. So fuck me, right? I guess I'm a cultist for that. And I enjoy the movies that he makes. Oh, no. Exactly. 
And that's the thing. Like you can't you can't even enjoy those movies on Twitter without some dill hole being like, "Oh, you're fucking dumb. You're a child. You don't understand film criticism. You're fucking stupid." Every fucking insult in the book will get thrown your way if you like a Zack Snyder movie on Twitter. No, for sure. Straight up. Straight the fuck up. Matter of fact, there's a new book that is uh, it's a it's a novel. It's not official from Marvel Studios, but it goes it's the Reign of Marvel Studios. It's got three different authors attached to it. One of which, Joanna Robinson. I will not buy this book simply because she had a hand in writing it. Number one, she trashes Zack Snyder at every step of the way. Mm. She said something to the effect of. I will never give Zack Snyder credit for anything he ever does. But she sat there and just fucking sucked the teat of Marvel Studios for every creative decision they ever made. And I'm just like, you know what? Uh-huh. I don't give a shit. Fuck you. Your online <laughs> presence is ugly as shit. I'm not reading your fucking book. And I know a lot of people who have read the book and they find it insightful and endearing. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm not going to support that. I can't. I just cannot in good conscience support that. Not after what she fucking said. Like, like if you look at Joanna Robinson and search, like, Joanna Robinson, Zack Snyder, you'll see nothing but disparaging, ugly shit that woman has said about him. And honestly, again, I may sound like a Zack Snyder fanboy, but still, I don't appreciate that shit. I know a lot of other people don't appreciate that shit. How would you feel if someone said that about someone you admire from a creative standpoint? Yeah. I mean, it goes both ways. I don't necessarily, I'm not exactly James Gunn's biggest fan, but you won't sit here and see me calling him a fucking pedophile. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, shit. There's that whole narrative online that he's a pedophile, right? That he has a thing for younger girls, blah, 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 whatever. He's a straight up pedophile, right? I don't entertain that. It's never been proven in a court of law that he's a pedophile, okay? You will not see me call that dude a pedophile. That's fucked up and inaccurate, right? But there are people who go to bat for him. Fine. I get you. You go to bat for the same way I go to bat for Zack Snyder. Because people like to call him a Randian fascist in the same evil contrarian breath that people will call James Gunn a fucking pedophile or, you know, whatever. Granted, Gunn made those really awful, disgusting tweets some odd years ago. Rightfully criticized for it. He apologized for it. He's learned from it. He may talk a little too much on Facebook on Instagram and Twitter and threads, sure, but that's his business. He's the head of DC Studios. If he wants to shut down rumors, he's more than right to do so. If he wants to recast Superman, he's more within his creative integrity to do so. It's his business. I ain't gonna sit here and fucking call for his firing because that's just asinine. You know? like Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily of the mind that because he's a comic book guy, because he's made comic book movies that are successful, that everything he's going to do with the DC universe is going to be superbly successful in that way. I just, there's no proof of, there's no physical proof for me to fall in with that. And I cannot absolutely stand these other accounts, these influencers, these fucking idiot bloggers who just get down on their knees and just fucking kiss his ass, dude. Just, I can't, that's another reason why. And probably the one of the last reasons why I just got fed up with Twitter. I was like, fuck this dude. I'm done. This is bullshit. This is straining my mental health. This is not good. This is not healthy. Fuck this place. That place just makes you a negative person, and I'm done with that shit. Straight up. I'm done, man. I'm glad to be done. 
I'm happier on Threads. I got on Blue Sky every now and again, but I'm way more content with how Threads operates. There are like-minded individuals. I have really great conversations with people. It's all gravy. No one disparagingly comments at each other. It's just fucking better, dude. Like, I have a better time on Threads than I ever did on Twitter. And one thing I have been noticing, and I'm, I'm trying to get a little more active on Threads now, and I have noticed, you're right, there is this kind of sense of almost like this sense of positivity around it. Like people are much more proactively positive in my opinion, from what I've seen on threads. Cause like I said, I tried to give Twitter a chance about year and a half ish ago. And I mean, just being on there, I think I was on there for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month. And just every time logging in there and looking at it, it's just, Oh man, just venom and vile and, arguing and anger and it's just like man what is this i can't be a part of this no not at all like i i just couldn't i not anymore no like spending almost a decade plus on that app through three different accounts i just i got fed up with it i'm done i won't go back i'm not gonna go back threads is far more healthier in terms of social discussion amongst peers that have the same interest as me and there are other people that i've had conversations with on threads where we may not see exactly eye to eye but it's still civil it's a civil conversation and i appreciate that <laughs> no one's calling each other a pedophile for liking a movie <laughs> there's that too yes there is that and even like you know I'm, I'm also on vero even though i'm I'm not superbly active on vero but vero is nothing but just creators sharing their stuff and being positive and being respectful it's the same deal dude like you just got to find what works for you and honestly Threads and Vero work way better for me, and even Blue Sky to some extent. But even then, I don't scroll on Blue Sky that much. And the thing is, the thing, the important thing to remember about Blue Sky and Threads is that I think that's why a lot of the trolls haven't migrated to Threads yet, because you need an Instagram account to even have a Threads account. Yeah. So. Yep, I agree with that. And I know there are quite a few people on Threads who on Twitter who are like, "I'm never making an a, a, a Instagram account. I'm fine with Twitter." Like, okay. <laughs> good stay there stay, stay out yeah. stay out we don't want you we don't want you there we're good we're good right where we're at we do not fucking need you thank you very much have a great day but yeah that's why I'm not on Twitter anymore I'm fed the fuck up with that sinking ship of bullshit I'm done bro I'm just done that yeah. was a lot to unpack <laughs> yes, quite a bit to unpack yeah um I mean, it wasn't quite a, a Batman episode, but there was ba some Batman stuff sprinkled throughout. But yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that, that if you guys wonder why the Eternal Knight is no longer on Twitter, that's why. <laughs> I am not going to object whatsoever. Right. Now, was there something you wanted to get off your chest? Because we just spent like an hour getting... Some shit off so for me, this kind of trails from what we discuss at the end of the last episode where we talked about suicide squad the video game and just in general it just got me thinking and i started looking into it and started getting more and more upset at just what the fuck is going on with warner brothers lately man like i again suicide squad for me is just not what i want out of a dc video game just because it just, like you and I said in the last episode, it just looks like Fortnite. It looks like DC attempting Fortnite, 
gameplay, sprinkle in some DC characters in there. Yeah, sure. I totally believe that Suicide Squad is going to actually kill members of the Justice League. Right. I, it was this, there was an article, or no, David Zaslav was interviewed mm-hmm. over kind of their their goal with their video games going forward. And he said that they are moving away from like three, four year release schedules for their games, which is actually kind of shocking because what, it's been almost nine fucking years since we got a rock steady video game and we're getting fucking Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. But he said their intention is to now focus on live service video games. Makes me crazy. And free to play. His quote is, their intention is to move away from, quote, gameplay or move away from, quote, three, four year release schedules and move towards, quote, gameplay through live services and free to play extensions with the goal to have more players spending more time on platforms. And he specifically mentioned some of their key franchises, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, DC, and Mortal Kombat. And if what just recently happened, I don't know if you saw this uh, during Halloween, did you see the shit that Warner Brothers tried to pull with Mortal Kombat 1, the newest Mortal Kombat game that came out? On Nintendo Switch? Uh, on all their platforms, it was a um something they released the week of Halloween. No, I must have missed it. The Halloween Fatality. What? It was it was just a fatality in the game. It, you know what? A ten second cutscene for when you kill a character in the game. Sure. Yeah, I know. I remember what a fatality is. Yeah. But they, they so yeah, Halloween Fatality. There was a Halloween a Halloween themed fatality. Basically, the character kicked puts a pumpkin on the character's head that they're killing kicks their head off and the pumpkin goes flying across slams into a door and drops to the ground and it looks like halloween basically Uh uh-huh okay yeah uh this fatality cost 10 fucking dollars what oh my god what they charged they wanted people to spend 10 fucking dollars on a single fatality in the game. Now, was it only for one character? Or was it like you bought it and it was universal for all characters? A- any character could perform the fatality. But the fact that they charge $10 for a goddamn, what, eight-second cutscene? That's stupid. I mean, it, it's stupid because... You're not even making it unique to any of the characters. It's just the same nope. fucking thing to all that, that's so dumb. So of course there was a lot of blowback. So good. They they go back and they basically what was it? The mention was let's see. Do November 10th, 2023, IGN tweeted Warner Brothers is giving Mortal Kombat 1 players who bought the controversial $10 Halloween fatality two free fatalities amid backlash over aggressive monetization <laughs> they later they later come out and say oh hey next week you can access we're going to release the seasonal fatalities bundle which is going to give you a halloween a thanksgiving and a winter fatality and that's going to be free now and any of you who purchase the halloween fatality you'll have the bundle at no extra cost we appreciate your feedback on all everything Mortal Kombat. Oh, for they f- got called out and they 
backtracked. But that's the shit, though, dude. This is the shit that has been a problem in the video game industry for a long time. And now you're going to start seeing with Zaslav saying that going forward, their major franchises are going to be live service based. You're going to see this shit. Don't be surprised to see this fucking shit in Suicide Squad. Oh, probably. Yeah. We're going to see this in Suicide Squad. Whenever the next fucking Harry Potter game comes out, you're going to see it in that. They're going to do this shit. This is their game plan going forward. This is the whole point of live service video games is to get you to buy it and keep pumping that money in as much as they can. Started with Fortnite and it's now progressed into all the other IPs out there. Well, Zazalv is a cheap SOB, so that really doesn't shock me that he'd turn to a, 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 what's the right word here, a a formula like that. And he went on to say in this earnings call uh, that the video that video games have become quote critical to Warner Brother Discovery's ongoing business strategy. Video games are a very valuable asset for the company with a great deal of potential for growth. Games have consistently enjoyed among the highest returns on investment of any of our businesses. And while we're smaller than some of leading pure play gaming companies, our operating margins are comparable to the best of the public companies. This Warner Brothers has been doing this shit for a while. I don't know. Again, just going back to it, I don't. You remember those uh, Lord of the Rings games, the um, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War games? Yes, never played them, but yes, I'm aware of them. Fantastic, fun games. They had this very interesting game engine mechanic where the orcs that you battle, actually, the game engine would kind of randomly create personalities for the orcs so like you would be in the middle of a big battle just fighting waves and waves of orcs and all of a sudden the game would focus on one of them and randomly generate a name for it and give it a personality and that orc would kind of in a sense be kind of become a mini boss Mm -hmm. if you can defeat him and kill him then you rate you uh your rank goes up in the game but if they defeat you they get stronger and they move up the ranks of orcs thereby you're kind of in a sense creating your own story your own rivalry with these orcs and the more if you consistently lose to them in battle they consistently move up the ranks and get more and more powerful really unique really awesome what did warner brothers do they trademarked the funkin engine and it hasn't been in any other game ever since oh my god I don't know what's a bigger kick to the balls, that or Rocksteady announcing the uh, the new Arkham Trilogy, only having the Batman skin available on Nintendo Switch. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I remember I, I, I said that to you and Terrence earlier today. You did. You did. Yep. And I, I honestly don't know what is a kick bigger kick to the balls, that or that. It's, it's going to come, because I think, what, it's fine, like Arkham Knight is, or is it an Arkham Trilogy is now going to be on the Switch and now yeah. if you what is it if you get it on the switch you get the skin the skins available december 1st and then it'll come to all other consoles at a later date this is the shit man like as much as <laughs> as much as warner brothers has made questionable decisions on their movies 
I really, really fear for these video game IPs that they're going to start moving forward with, beginning with the Suicide Squad. That's a major reason why the Suicide Squad game pisses me off so much. Sure, it looks kind of fun, but I just, there's, there's something very sinister underneath all of that that just reeks of just greed. And if they're willing to have people pay them $10 for a fatality in a Mortal Kombat game, you bet your ass you're going to see like $10, $15 packs for dress Harley Quinn up in a schoolgirl outfit or some shit. <laughs> I just... Mm, I can't disagree. I mean, it's... Given who's in charge, and I've honestly heard whispers that he may not be in charge for as long as he foresees to be, but, you know, that remains to be seen. Yeah. But... I mean, it's just it's just not good business. That is just not a good business practice. That's just evil, sinister, and, as you said, you know? It's just ugly. And again, between those kind of decisions, the shit going... I mean, again, like you said, you said it perfectly earlier when you said that the DCEU didn't need saving. It was fine. But what did Warner Brothers do? They panicked. And they went, uh, we got a course correct. We got a course correct. Instead of just seeing it through, letting things play out. And now look at the shit that we've been seeing for the last, what, probably about year and a half, maybe even two years between the cancellation of Batgirl, the, what just recently happened with that Coyote versus Acme movie that did you see now? They are actually possibly going to be getting um, investigated by Congress over that. Yes, I did. Honestly, you know what else I'm curious about? What's we, that? Got a, we got a trailer for Mary. We might have even touched on this in the last episode. We have gotten footage for for Mary Little Batman. Yes, have, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about a, it. We we yep. have a full season of My Adventures with Superman. Where the fuck is there an inkling of footage for Batman Cape Crusader? Yep. Where is it? And to actually to tie into that, so again these fucking decisions that Warner Brothers making. Cape Crusader, I went on a rant on this, I think, well, the last time we did a Not Safe for Work episode. Fucking Cape Crusader. Sequel to Batman the Animated Series, one of the most well-known, well-regarded, award-winning animated shows to have ever existed, and Warner Brothers says, nah, we're not gonna put it on Max. We'll <laughs> sell it to someone else. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, and look God. at what they're fucking doing right now. Merry little Batman. Ingenious little fun idea. Oh, that's going to be great to watch on Max. Oh, no. It's on Amazon fucking Prime. Why? Why are you not putting this shit on your own platform? It makes no goddamn sense. You can't see me right now, but my hands are, like, up in the air. Like, I I don't know. I got. I, I have no idea. I I. I don't know. And even to bring it back to the, the whole, you know, Coyote vs. Acme flick, watch that movie get picked up by Amazon, Universal, maybe even Sony Pictures. I don't know. Whomever. Okay? And they put it out theatrically. If it's someone else other than WB to distribute it, 
Warner Brothers is going to, and it makes money. Like, if, if it makes serious money, if it's as good as the people who have seen it and the people who have seen it in, the, in a test screening are saying it's, like, the next best Roger Rabbit, if this movie does, gang, like, legitimate gangbusters, Warner Brothers is going to be, like, oh, man, we fucked up. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. You done fucked up something bad. And it, again, like, Batgirl, $90 million movie. Eh, don't need it. <laughs> oh coyote, coyote oh versus God. acme finished film eh don't need it or scoob. and now the scoob holiday scoob, special yeah you know? the, like completely done finished product ready to go ah eh, whatever eh. david the axe zazlav's like mm, nope cutting that tree and, down it's like and now oh. this shit's this shit's coming home to roost because like i said Congress is actually considering investigating the motherfuckers because they're like, wait a minute, you have all these finished products and you're canceling them for tax write-offs? Um, no. We need to look into this shit. And now it's biting them even more in the ass. I just saw something on the Hollywood Reporter. The Hollywood Reporter said that they have insight that after the news of Warner Brothers getting or shelving Coyote versus Acme, there are multiple filmmakers who are contacting their representatives and going, cancel my meetings that I had with Warner Brothers. There are filmmakers that are like, I don't want anything to do with this company. Fair enough to them. I would understand. Could you imagine putting your time and effort into a creative product that you have passion for that's something that you want to put for millions to see. You get it done, and this company goes, eh, don't need it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to work for him fucking either. I mean, <laughs> you know, you wonder, and actually, no, I don't wonder, but some people are like, you know, I wish Christopher Nolan would have stayed at WB. Why? Why? I fucking don't know. I am glad he's not tied to them anymore. And the, the even more jarring part is he said that he would work with them. And again, I'm just like, dude, you put them on blast for the day and date release. Yep. I don't know if that's worse than this, but it's definitely in the conversation. Because holy shit, what they're doing in that respect, it's again, bad business. Straight up bad business decisions. And it's just like, to your point, these people put blood, sweat, tears hard work into these projects these art filled pro again you know it's a business sure but at the same time it's like you're just gonna be like eh, batgirl tax write-off it's like yeah what what i can't even let me get this straight you guys are gonna just put a movie out back on the shelf a movie featuring brendan fraser as your big bad villain who just got a fucking oscar oscar for the way right and you're going to be like, nah, nobody needs to see that. Like, what? And, and on top of that, Batgirl. We're talking about a character who has not been seen in a Batman movie since 1997. Granted, completely different version of the character, sure. But regardless, first time getting an outing. First time getting a, a solo project all themselves. Even before fucking Nightwing, right? Like, we're talking about Batgirl. You have a Batman family character. You're seriously just so trepidatious about that where you're like, nah, we'll just mm -hmm. get a tax write-off for it. 
fuck the talent, fuck the people who worked on it. We'll just get a little bit of money back and call it a day. Like, what the actual fuck are you thinking? They're they're burning so many bridges just to save money, and it's it's going to bite them in the ass. The thing that really chapped my ass about that wasn't even from David Zaslav himself. It's from the other co-head of DC Studios. Mr. Peter Safran was like, yeah, Batgirl didn't really fit into what we want to do with the DC. Well, neither did any of the other four fucking movies that are coming out right. before you guys are rebooting everything. So what the fuck sense does it even make to say that, asshat? Like, yep. fucking think? Maybe? I don't know. Just really dumb shit is being said in regards to why they can this project and i'm like you know what my hands are in the air you guys make your decisions and you guys are just going to continue to look even worse than you did years ago after you fucked the snyder cut okay i don't well, like I just, i'm looking at like there's a tweet here from a uh, a writer director named ben david grabinski who apparently was someone who saw the complete film he saw the finished product of Coyote versus Acme. He's tweeted out, Coyote versus Acme is a great movie, the best of its kind since Who Framed Roger Rabbit. The leads are super likable. It's beautifully shot. The animation is great. The ending makes everyone fucking cry. I thought the goal of this business was to make hit movies. Apparently that's not on Warner Brothers' itinerary. I suppose not. Honestly, I saw a clip of people doing the score for what would have what is to be the roadrunners like meet me like they, they do this big orchestral like beat of the meet me sound and i'm like this sounds operatic this sounds beautiful but people at warner brothers are like meh fuck this it's like you what are you kidding me right now like what the fuck are you doing with it oh my yeah. god and you know when I think of Looney Tunes characters, there's a roster. There's Bugs, there's Daffy, there's Elmer. You could probably throw a Porky Pig in there, but then you've got Coyote and Roadrunner. I I put Coyote and Roadrunner above Sylvester and Tweety, for sure, even though they're all in that... They're essentially... They're like their own little Justice League of animation in, in certain respects, right? Yeah. But fuck me, dude. If people are saying this movie is as good as it is and Warner Brothers is like, nah, shove it. No, fuck, we're sorry. We're not going to show it. We're just going to shop it around now. It's just like, no. Release the fucking movie, you cowards. Right. What the fuck, dude? It's baffling, man. Like, the decisions they're making on all fronts just make no fuck. Going back to when they fucking decided, oh, it's not hbo max anymore it's max Such why are you dropping the hbo from it that's what people associate it with yeah the fuck are you doing like, like do, do you just not care that hbo stands for home box, box office, office. <laughs> like what thought process went into dropping that i mean i, I don't know what's worse that or the head of HB Max, whatever the fuck people want to call it, whatever. Casey Bloys making fake Twitter accounts to get back at critics. How fucking childish is this company? Jeez. I just, I just, man, what happened to the dude's tweet? I, forgive me for not remembering his name, but what happened to wanting to make art that just sits well with people and just, you know makes people emotional like what 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 the fuck happened to that 
Yep. I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have no idea. Honestly, to bring it to the other side of the fence, recently saw a quote from Bob Iger stating that they're going to focus more on quality versus quantity. I'm like, <laughs> about fucking time. About way past that point, buddy. <laughs> right? Shit. There's a, I mean, like I, I meant to say this earlier when we were talking Deadpool. There's a reason why there's only one fucking Marvel MCU movie coming out next year because hopefully they've gotten the fucking picture by now. And in that same breath, I find it also slightly hilarious that Sony Pictures is now the one. It's going to have, yeah. yeah it's going to have more films next year. Yeah, they're the ones with the wild hair up their ass going, yeah, <laughs> we've got Madam Web, we've got Craven, and we've got Venom 3. And I'm like, you know, honestly, I'm actually looking forward to all three of those projects for very different reasons. So you know what? Take that wild hair and fucking hedge your bets. I'm rooting for you. At least they're fucking trying something different. Am I excited for all three of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Venom 3, sure. Madam Web, I'm kind of half-half on. Craven, I'm probably the most interested in Craven out of the three of them. But at least they're fucking trying something different. At least it looks something a little original. Oh, to bring this back to nerd discourse and negativity, one of the most prominent things I saw in regards to all three of those projects where the fuck is Spider-Man? Oh my god, shut uh. the fuck up! <laughs> shut up! Just shut the fuck up! Who gives a fuck which Spider-Man is in these projects? Seriously, yeah. who gives a flying fuck? The point of these movies is not about fucking Spider-Man! The oh reason my why god. the film is called Craven because the focus is on Craven. There's a reason why Venom is getting a third movie because the first two movies, despite what critics had to say about it, those movies were fucking successful at the box office. Want to know mm-hmm. why? Because people actually liked the fucking movies. So, yes, it makes sense as to why the studio was like, oh, yeah, we'll do a third Venom movie. And I'm like, okay, about what? That's my biggest question mark with Venom 3. Like, what the fuck is it going to be about? Because the first one, okay, you, I get it. You kind of had to establish who Venom was. You didn't want to use Carnage out the gate. I get it. Okay, yeah. cool, fine, whatever. Movie made fucking 800 plus million at the box office. Great, fantastic. Of course, do the sequel. Then you do Carnage, and it's like, okay, cool, we get Carnage, and then we get the movie, and it's like, oh, it's, it's PG-13. Oh, there's, it's only an hour and a half long. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's not quite as, as gruesome and bloody as it could have been. But then Sony's like, yeah, we're doing a Craven movie, and it's rated R, and it's like, why what? did you do that for Venom? Right. <laughs> like, why? 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 Why is Craven getting the R-rated film, but the movie with fucking Carnage didn't? Yeah, I. That I will never understand because Warner Brothers had the the. I don't even know what you'd call it at this point. They had the bright idea to go. Yeah, and again, I'm not being disparaging. I'm just looking at at the way they progressed through from one movie to the next. Suicide Squad. They made a PG-13 Suicide Squad movie. Hacked to shit in the editing room. They mm. put out their studio cut. Movie made fucking 700 plus million at the box office without China. Right? Yeah. Jump to the soft sequel is what I'll call it. Bring in James Gunn. Make it rated R. You've got all these colorful aspects to it. It's got gruesome kills. It's got gratuitous nature to it. 90% Rotten Tomato score, which I still don't fucking understand. Neither do I, but, you know, you know why it has a 90% Rotten Tomato score? Because mm. those critics are fans of James Gunn. Yeah. Because it wasn't a DCEU movie. I mean, it kind of was, but it 
it it wasn't in the traditional sense i suppose mm-hmm. right yeah like and on top of that he killed like 75 percent of the carry through characters that came from movie one to movie two right so it's yep. like pff, well fuck okay and even like looking at that movie in, in particular rated r more raunchy comedy no joker no dead shot all you have is Harley Quinn basically carrying that movie on her shoulders, more or less, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And even then, her story is almost completely detached from the rest of the squad in certain respects. Yeah, It's just like, you you made certain creative choices. Again, I'm not disparaging James Gunn. It's, I'm just saying, like, for me, like, he made creative choices that I know do not sit well with a lot of other people. Like, he fucking killed Rick Flag. Yeah. Like, what I, I remember that pissed you off pretty good oh, when that dude. when that happened. I, I'm still not over it. I'm, I'm <laughs> still like I I distinctly remember sitting in the theater a week before the movie even released on theaters worldwide and on HBO Max because it was part of that day and date release, right? Yeah. But apparently it did better on HBO Max, so it was considered a success, even though it only <laughs> brought in like 120 million dollars, some shit like that. I don't know. Regardless, Warner Brothers wants to call it a success. Fine, sure, whatever. You fucking killed Rick Flag, dude. I'm never not. I'm never gonna be happy about that ever. Period. Bar none. Like Joel Kinnaman deserved such a better outing as that character, and the fact he fucking killed got peace by Peacemaker is just. It is just something I'm never gonna forgive ever, 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 ever. Uh... Just for the sake of it, I looked it up. Um, budget for Suicide Squad 2021 was 185 million. Uh-huh. 55 million domestic, 112 international, 168 worldwide. Ooh. Did, didn't make back what it cost. Again, only on on the, on the typical theatrical box office return scale. That that's not good. 55 domestic, pretty pretty bad. Suicide Squad for me. Again, a girl I was dating at the time, we went to go see it in theaters. Wait, wait, wait. Saw the it. Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad? The Suicide Squad, 2021. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, a bad. girl I was dating at the time, we went to go see it. Again, saw it. I was like, eh, this is fine. No desire to see it again. Just that left no impact on me whatsoever. Look, if I'm being honest... Those two Suicide Squad movies are at the very bottom of my DC Extended Universe list. I'd pretty much be the same. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. And even then, I look at the, the first movie, and I'm like, this isn't even what David Ayer wanted to do. So yeah, that's part of the reason why it's at the bottom, personally. I don't really feel compelled to revisit either one. The The Suicide Squad, absolutely not. Like, I just, no, I'm good. I watched that movie once in the theater and then, like, once or twice again at home, and I was like, yeah, no. I'm good. I don't need to watch that movie again. And, you know, that's that's the movie I look at more for the barometer of what to expect from Gunn's universe as opposed to his Guardians flicks. Because, again, it's, it's very important to stress the fact that the Guardians are a ragtag group of no-name characters that nobody knew or gave a shit about until 2014. Yep. And now this guy is heading an entire universe... And his hand is already in two, maybe three projects as it is. And honestly, I'm not really a fan of the whole self-serving, give yourself a project, pat on the back shit if you're a president, CEO, whatever, of an entity now. Like, you want to make a Superman movie? 
fine. Do your thing, man. You were still a director. You were still a creative individual in your own right, 100%. I just am not a fan of the whole self-serving shit. I just, it, it's just something I'm just not, not a fan of. I think, I don't even remember what the exact wordage was, but, but Greg Silverman was just like, yeah, it's not exactly a good look if you're a top-level executive like that and you're basically giving yourself a project. It's, it's not a good look at all. No. Now, and even in terms of his cast for the movie, I'm like, you know, a lot of it feels safe. A lot of it feels like they're checking a box for a lot of these Superman fans. Like, you've got, you know, people have compared David Corn Sweat to, you know, dollar bin Henry Cavill knockoff. And I'm like, that's your perspective, I suppose. I'm not going to make any kind of judgment on that until I see the dude in the suit flying around. Okay? Yeah, exactly. I will say that of the cast... The only one that really has me going, that's going to be good, is probably Rachel Brosnahan as Lois Lane. I think that's a really great casting choice. But if Nicholas Holt is Lex Luthor, okay, I've seen a younger Lex Luthor already, but I can already kind of tell if that's the angle you're going for and Eve Tessmacher's in this movie, I'm kind of half-ass expecting it to be an amalgam of both Hackman's Luthor and Rosenbaum's Luthor. That's what I'm kind of expecting. Yeah, I could see that. And also, another check box, another check mark for a box. Jimmy Olsen. Superman's all, best friend, Jimmy Olsen. All the all important Jimmy Olsen. God, I can't have Superman move without Jimmy Olsen. I can guarantee you something this, Craig. You know what's not going to happen to Jimmy Olsen in this movie? Mm. He ain't going to die. No, that's not for sure, yeah. He ain't going to die. It's not going to be some Easter egg that they, you know, they have fun with, even though a lot of fans were like, You can't kill Jimmy Olsen. That's not right, man. It's like. Wasn't even Jimmy Olsen to begin with, you fucking nope. wine bag. Man, nerd discourse is just, again, nerd discourse. One of the reasons why I left Twitter. I'm, nope. Can't even, can't even, you can't even make an Easter egg like that and, like, you know, subvert expectations without these fans going, you don't understand the source material. And it's like, no, you miss the fucking point, is what it is. That's what it ultimately boils down to. You fucking idiot fans. You zit-faced fucking dorks do not understand what it means to have a point of view or perspective on this shit. You guys just want your shit to be the fucking same every single fucking time. Just gonna say this. Remember those statistics I said about The Suicide Squad? Yeah. Uh, let's see. This film's budget was $250 million. Made three hundred and thirty million domestic, made five hundred and forty-four million international worldwide. Take of eight hundred seventy-four million dollars. It was Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice by Zack Snyder. How about that? Just gonna shock. say that. Just gonna leave that there. What a shock! What a shock! Right? But no, complete failure, total bomb. Ugh. Ugh. Oh my god! I'm not even entertaining that guy. And you know what? That's another thing. Like, nerds would always be so quick to say, oh, a movie with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman should have made a billion dollars. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just shut yeah. your fucking mouth with that shit. Oh, my God. If Warner Brothers wanted their billion-dollar movie, they had it with Justice League, and they screwed the pooch with it. Okay? Yep. They would have had their billion dollars with that movie. But, no, I digress. It is what it is. Matter of fact, I'm not even, like, I'm just brought back to a stupid-ass conversation from this fucking fool, Mario Robles. He had the audacity to say, Justice League failed because no one liked Batman v Superman. It's like, no, fuckhead. No. Justice League failed because it was a fucking mess of a movie. 
the theatrical cut. Like, let's not fucking move the goalpost here, Chief. Like, fucking yeah. get your shit straight. I still can't believe that that film even happened, to be fucking honest. I remember when the credits rolled on the theatrical Justice League. One of the few times in my life where I was dumbfounded by a movie where I was just like, did I really just see that? Is that what happened? <laughs> did I just fucking experience that? I will say that after that movie released physically, I was pretty adamant in the idea, like, look, they can put out whatever the fuck they want, the studio, right? Like, they can, they can do that. Sure, whatever. Zack Snyder always had a director's cut, any of his movies, no matter what. And when yep. that movie came out physically, I was like, okay, just wait. A director's cut will happen one day. Mm -hmm. Sure enough, it did. And guess what? Leagues and Bounds better film a better made film just a better film in general over that crap joss whedon and johns pulled go fucking figure right i mean in my personal opinion it is as close to a perfect comic book film as i've ever seen it's with i posted on threads it's without question one of the best if not the best team up superhero films ever made oh hands down i don't think there's as far as team ups pff, i really can't think of any of them that can even compare the only one I think is even in the same conversation, truly, the only one, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. And even then, I still give the edge to, to the Snyder Cut. Even Same. Still. Even still. Same. But you know what? The reason I say Avengers Infinity War is because that movie had stakes. That movie ended with the heroes going, damn, we fucking lost. You know? And lost hard. We lost hard. <laughs> the but... biggest, proud hands down, in terms of superhero films, the biggest loss ever in half the fucking universe got wiped out. Right, and it was also <laughs> even just a culmination of things that had transpired over the last ten years, and it was it was it was earned, right? Yeah. Then you, then you look at the Snyder cut. It was earned, but for a number of different reasons because fans won, the Snyder family yeah. won, right? And even yep. then you get a legitimate culmination of Man of Steel, BVS, Wonder Woman. Like, you get all of that fucking paid off, but you also open up the universe to a number of different things. Like, we get Atlantis for the first time. Well, mm -hmm. theatrical cut, sure, whatever. But seriously, like, you get Atlantis. You get all of Themyscira. We revisit Themyscira again. We get the fourth world with fucking Darkseid, right? Yep. And then you get, you know, Flash. You get Cyborg. Characters I've died to see in live action for years. Years. Right? And then at the end, fucking Martian, Martian Manhunter. Man like, yeah, it was supposed to be Green Lantern, but fuck, I'll take Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter showing up and going, uh, hey, just so you know, this was just the beginning. Yep. Shit's about to hit the fan, so be prepared. Yep. Now, I think had the second justice league film that snyder wanted to do that's absolutely in the very same conversation as infinity war because they were oh, for sure yeah they, they were they... gonna lose bad exactly and then you get the third film and they would have came back triumphantly yeah batman would have died that would have you know, eh, would have sucked seeing batman yeah. die but i'm not saying it would have sucked like oh this sucks but i'm saying like yeah it sucks to see batman die that's 
always fucking sucks to watch Batman die. Let's be real here, right? Mm-hmm. But even still, like, you understand the story arc. You understand why, right? But yep. then, of course, of course, to even, again, just bring it back to nerd discourse, Superman and Batman would never fucking, you know, Superman would never be okay with Batman pregnating Lois Lane. It's like, shut yeah. the fuck up. Read a fucking comic book, you dork. <laughs> Because guess what? It happened in the Silver Age. Look it up. It's indeed a thing. Yep. But no, because Zack Snyder did it. Fucking sacrilege. I digress, dude. Like, that that company, their decisions they're making, it's just not going to bode well at all. And I even see rumors that they're considering they might sell off some of their IP to other projects. And I'm like, you know what? Good. You know what? At this I'd point, rather it go to someone else to be fucking honest maybe i don't know but the the fact of the matter is, is like warner brothers has one of the most pristine film and animated catalogs of any of them only rivaled by disney and they're just pissing in the pool every absolutely day dude it's like what are you doing seriously what the fuck are you doing i don't get it i just i don't get it I, that, that's all I got. Like I, I just don't get it at all. Look at I mean, perfect way to end this. Look at what just happened today. The shit with the Looney Tunes getting removed off of Max. Like, Wait, are what are you? Oh yeah, you didn't see this? No. Oh. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You ready? Oh, we're gonna get mad, Phil. Here in a second. Uh, let's see. So the first, so back in December of 2022, apparently I didn't even know this. Max did get rid of a lot of classic Looney Tunes shorts off of the service. That I remember. Apparently today, uh, let's see, this was updated today, but the article was posted yesterday. Um, Alongside the removal of all five Final Destination films, Max is removing the rest of the Looney Tunes shorts, the Looney Tunes show, and the film Looney Tunes Back in Action at the end of December 2023. The removal of the rest of the Looney Tunes shorts is of note because the streamer removed 256 of these shorts in December of 2022 from seasons 16 through 31, which span from 1950 to 2004. Seasons 1 through 15 have remained, but all 255 of these shorts that were released between 1930 and and 1949 will soon be gone from Max. They apparently backtracked and have said, oh, this Looney Tunes was included in error as a title leaving the platform. This is not the case. The show will continue streaming on Max. Didn't say anything about bringing back the first half that they wiped out, but they are still moving forward with getting rid of Looney Tunes back in action. Looney Tunes is so connected to Warner Brothers. Why the fuck are you taking it off of your service? I, 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 you can't see it right now, but my hand is on my nose, just like... I I just... I'm getting a migraine just thinking about it. Like, why the fuck... Okay, Looney Tunes back in action. All right, I can understand that. Okay. I could kind of see that. Okay, it's a movie, single film. Movie wasn't that good. It wasn't no. terrible, but it wasn't great, right? But the entire that whole fucking catalog, like, what? Are you fucking mad? 
the the fact that they got rid last year they got rid of all the shorts from 1950 to 2004 but now that uh, i'm assuming because people caught on is the only reason why they backtracked but they were going to get rid of all 255 of the remaining shorts that went from 1930 to 1949 you're talking your legacy looney tunes is what made fucking Warner Brothers in terms of animation? And you're going to take them off your premiere service. What the fuck? <laughs> you're removing Looney Tunes. Oh you God. pass on Batman the Cape Crusader. You cancel Batgirl. You shelve Coyote versus Acme, which apparently was getting rave praise. So you can save some fucking money. Oh my god. I just... Dude. I don't fucking get it. I Look, Looney Tunes... Oh man, Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes has the Warner Brothers fucking logo at the end of every single short. Why the fuck would you take off something so synonymous and synergetic with your goddamn brand i just i dude i i have no fucking words for the amount of clownery that this is this is just asinine decision making after decision making it's like what the fuck are you doing you're just digging a hole you're just digging a fucking bigger hole for yourself and you ain't gonna be able to get out of it i mean dear fuck what in the fuck is going on at warner brothers i don't know i just i'm flabbergasted at that that is just asinine asinine tomfoolery buffoonery just what the fuck dude what what in the absolute fuck is wrong over there at wb right now this is just shameful and i guess i'll just mention this since we are a batman podcast i'm looking at on this same article they list everything in december that's leaving max mm-hmm. uh december 31st batman 66 gone from max beware the batman the entire show gone from max Wonder Woman Bloodlines animated movie gone from Max. Why? Why are you getting rid of this? Okay. Batman 66, that's a bit of its own story because that was produced by ABC. The television rights were owned by Fox. That's, there's probably some licensing going on. Probably with all three, definitely. But the latter two, Beware the Batman, Wonder Woman Bloodlines, I just, I don't fucking get it. Like, Max launched with a DC hub section. Yeah, there's one of the first things you see anytime you go on Max. Here's the funny thing. I was just on Max earlier today. One of the sections in there is Looney Tunes. Yeah. (laughs) Why? And another one is DC. Yeah. I just... You are dismantling your own library 
for the sake of saving a penny. That is fucking stupid. Uh, Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons, removing from Max on December 31st. Oh, God. All all three of the original Scream movies getting taken off of Max. Okay. That's a different story because those are Paramount. That was probably nothing more than a licensing deal. That's understandable. But Deathstroke, Knights and Dragons, that's actually a really solid animated movie, in my humble opinion. But fuck, dude. I know that all the a lot of the DC Extended Universe movies are actually going to Netflix December 1st. Yep, they sure are. Saw that. Total sense. That makes total sense, right? Wait, uh, well, fucking goddamn it. Well, here's the funny thing about that is that in and of itself sparked a conversation among a lot of the lunatic Snyder cultists like, oh, we could finally get off with Snyderverse on Netflix. And I'm like, you guys just do not fucking understand licensing <laughs> deals, do you? Jesus, no. tap dancing Christ. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. That is not what that means. Just because these movies are going to Netflix does not at all indicate that Zack Snyder is like, oh yeah, I'm going to finish my movies on Netflix. That is not, that is, let me repeat, that is not how filmmaking fucking works you stupid sons of bitches. The dude's kind of busy with these other films he's working on. He's kind of working on a sci-fi epic at the moment. Yeah, part one comes out in December. Part two comes out in April. Then the rated R cuts come out later next year. And then on top of that, he's probably either going to hop into another standalone project or the Army of the Dead sequel titled tentatively Planet of the Dead. Okay, He's busy. He's working for Netflix. He's happy at Netflix. And on top of that, let's talk about the other side of the equation that would need to okay it. James Gunn. Yep. Ain't no fucking way that he's going to do... He there, There's just no fucking way that he's going to A-OK Zack to finish his stuff. Not even because of some kind of ego thing, but because it would probably just be A, confusing for general masses, and B... Yeah. It would maybe, just maybe, shadow what his plans are doing. And I don't see that happening at all. Now, granted, there is an Elseworlds banner that other DC films are being made under. We have the Batman sequel, we have Joker 2, and from what I understand, Constantine 2 is probably moving forward with Keanu Reeves. Three of those movies right there, not at all connected to what James Gunn is doing. Cool. Let's get more of that. Let's get some other filmmakers coming in and going in with that Warner Brothers pedigree of, like, filmmaker-driven studio. Let's fucking do our own thing. Let's make these projects the way we want to because we have an idea for how they could be. Yep. But I digress. Time will tell if we actually get something like that. The only for sure thing I think is a safe bet at this point is Matt Reeves' extended Batman universe. Because let me put it to you this way. There ain't no fucking way that a third Joker movie happens. Yeah. I think I think Todd Phillips even was just hesitant to even do a second one. My money is on, on the idea that Warner Brothers probably dumped a fucking truckload of money in front of him and went make a sequel. Oh, yeah. After the money that that first one did? Absolutely. They probably also did it because they had to split the profits with Braun Entertainment. Yeah. For distribution. And I bet you anything, they looked at Todd Phillips and said, do whatever you want with the sequel. Yep. Just make, just full creative control. Yep. Here you go. Yep. 
as long as you give us a sequel. And he said, okay. Yep. And honestly, there had to have been something there, something really creative and different for Joaquin Phoenix to come back yep. and do a sequel because the man notoriously does not do sequels. Yep. Right? So, again, do what you do best. Do what you did best. Let these filmmakers come in and leave their own stamp on this shit. But fuck, man. I don't know. I have no fucking clue what the fuck is happening at WB right now. It's astounding watching this company make these decisions. Like, be it in the games department, be it in live action, be it in animation. You know what? Speaking of animation, we might have even talked about it last time. I think we did. We might not have. I don't know. There's a trailer released for Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. Looks fine. No, we didn't We didn't touch on that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, looks fine. Jensen Ackles coming back as Batman. All right, cool. Yeah. I'm down. And honestly, I'm going to let you all know this right now. If they follow that story to the T, or if they follow the main beats to a T, I'm going to let you all know right now. Supergirl going to die. Flash is going to mm-hmm. die. Y'all better fucking prepare some tissues because that shit's yeah. happening. Right? Especially if they're doing this in three parts. That did kind of surprise me when I watched the trailer and it said it was a trilogy. I was like, Whoa, okay, so we're a, going we're going full on on this. Yeah, I have a theory as to why it's a three-parter. Why that? Because going forward, since James Gunn is head of DC, the animated stuff is going to tie into his DC oh, universe. Oh, you're right. So it makes sense that if Warner Brothers Animation is going to utilize their talent and techniques for that going forward, it would make sense that they're going to wrap up the Tomorrowverse with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yep, you're right. So, and honestly, Crisis on Infinite Earths was done as a story to consolidate continuity to one universe. Yep, you're totally right. So, it's a theory. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying it's No, I could totally see it. I can 100% see it. I don't know, dude. I just, I think the movie, I think part one looks cool. I mean, I don't know if, if, if all the footage was from all three parts. It looks like it's probably just from part one. I don't know. But yeah. And another thing, like I've seen something about fan cast happen and people are like really hammering this idea that Jensen Eccles should be the Batman in the DC universe for James Gunn. And I'm like, fuck no. I don't even say that because I, I, I don't like, I, I don't like, I, I like Jensen Eccles as the voice of Batman. Keyword voice. Yeah. Not actor not even saying he can't do it yeah yeah yeah. i'm just saying it's such a safe boring choice fucking get somebody else dude like show me a seasoned actor who can be a dad and batman yep like none of the roles i've seen jensen eccles in screams damian wayne's father i'm sorry Mm -hmm. like that just does not equate to me at all yeah i I'll be curious to see what happens because let's be honest, the Tomorrowverse has not fared very well. No, no, it hasn't. So I think that this is the right time for them to kind of do something like this Crisis on Infinite Earths to kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Wrap it up and move on to the next thing because I just think that Tomorrowverse is just not. I mean, compared to what came before it, it's not even close in terms of what was the better product. I don't know, dude. I, I feel honestly, I kind of feel the same way about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Like this is going to be the last film in the DC Extended Universe. It's not tracking well, and honestly, I'm not surprised. It sucks, yeah, because the movie looks awesome. 
So I don't if, if the DC Extended Universe is closing the book on that era of it, at mm-hmm. least it, to me it feels like it's going out on a high note, even though it probably won't reach the, the monetary box office revenue that the first one did. I still think from a quality perspective, I think it's going to probably to the best equate I can give it is if I'm looking at anything in the DCEU that had a sequel. So at this point, it's, I mean, I could say Batman v Superman if I really wanted to, because it's technically a sequel to Man of Steel, but like standalones, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84. I prefer Wonder Woman. Shazam or Shazam Fury of the Gods. I prefer Shazam. Aquaman or Aquaman and Lost Kingdom. I don't know. Honestly, I'm really looking forward to Lost Kingdom. There is a chance that I could walk out of that go- that one going, I might have liked that one a little more. Because Black Manta is like the main big baddie of this movie, and I love Black Manta. So, yep. and honestly, this is arguably the only DC film that is even fucking paying off something from the one that came before because the (laughs) end of Aquaman ends with Black Manta going I want you to tell me where to find him and he throws a knife and fucking hits a fucking newspaper clipping that says who is Aquaman okay we're getting that fucking paid off this is arguably one of the only fucking movies in the universe where a movie is getting paid off from the last movie I'm like fucking cool all right yeah sign me up and on top of that James Wan has never made a bad movie so I'm there for Aquaman. I will be there for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Whether or not it performs well at the box office at this point, I really don't give a shit. I just want to go see this movie and enjoy it for what it is. Do you think it's going to have a post credit sequence? I fucking hope not, because that's just going to get people even more confused by the time Superman Legacy rolls out. Given Warner Brothers in general, though, I honestly won't be fucking surprised. <laughs> and if it's Boy, ooh, if it's anything on the caliber of the Flash post credit scene, Ugh. I'm going to be real mad. I'm a big bad Craig going to come out. I'll be real salty. I don't know. If it's a gag with the baby, fine. I can accept that because obviously the context would justify that, right? Sure. Yeah. But if it's if it's something on the Clooney level, I don't know how I'm going to feel if I'm honest with you, dude. I just... I don't fucking know. I just, the movie looks epic. The movie looks just like the first one in certain respects. It looks like, you know, what James Wan has been saying. Fucking buddy film with the the brothers. I'm fucking here for that. I like Jason Momoa. I like Patrick Wilson. I like that world. I like James Wan as a director. There is nothing that I have seen from this movie that has made me feel like it's going to deter in any way from the first film. I mean, is he picking up clothes off a clothesline? Does it make sense for the character? No, not really. Did I laugh? Yes. Yes, I fucking did. Does that make <laughs> me a child? Maybe to somebody. I don't fucking care, dude. This is Aquaman. When the fuck has Aquaman ever been taken this seriously? Not right. until the live action setting, okay? Right. And honest to God truth, if there's like a fish fuck joke probably a note inserted from fucking James Gunn because he did that shit at the end of Peacemaker mm-hmm. you know and it's like yeah let's just continue to fucking make him the joke that's honestly my biggest fear for Aquaman and James Gunn's DCU that he's going to be the butt of the joke hero and I'm hoping that's not the case but I don't know 
I think that's where we should just put a pin in and call it a night, though. That's because yeah, the more, we got a lot out. <laughs> yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm just gonna get fucking agitated. Because <laughs> man, I don't know. I just want to watch Aquaman and be fucking cool, you know? Uh, yep. And I think that is absolutely where we are going to end it because uh, we're we're tuckered out. We have had enough negativity for the evening. <laughs> but Craig. It's always a blast getting to chat with this shit about you, especially when we go on our not for safe work rants. Well, and then like you've said, our not safe for work ones usually do tend to get a little bit more attention. So <laughs> which is surprising, but not surprising. Yeah, I think it is. It is kind of it's like a little treat. You know, you hear us. We're usually, you know, pretty calm, pretty collected. We, you know, we sometimes rant on even our regular episodes, like, so to speak. True. But we don't go too nuts. No, I think it's something you know people hear it and they go oh wow they're going really unhinged on this one being brutally honest and open i will probably guess that our next episode was probably going to be a review of merry little batman yeah more than likely because when is that that releases next friday oh shit does it next Friday, oh, okay December 8th. yep okay cool yeah i am totally down for a review of that i'll probably be watching that with my kid then I have I have her next week, so yeah, I'll probably be watching it by myself because you know I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but you know. So, um, that said, buddy, where can people find you on the interwebs if they wish to follow along with our shenanigans? Um, like we talked about before, I am on Instagram and Threads. Not too active on Instagram. I'm trying to be more active on Threads. Um. But yeah, you can find me at uh, Craigie underscore Omega, C-R-A-I-G-G-Y underscore O-M-E-G-A. Thanks, buddy. It's always a blast getting to chat with you about anything nerdy or Batman pertaining related, anything of that nature. Yeah, uh, and it's good. And it, honestly, it's good to hear that you're off of X or Twitter or whatever the fuck it's called. I think it'll be I think it'll be good for you. Me fucking too. It's been a great week. I haven't haven't had to look at any group chats haven't had to see any bullshit haven't had to worry about a goddamn thing and it's been fan fucking tastic if anyone wants to follow me on anything uh vero instagram threads blue sky all at unfiltered uh u-n-p-h-i-l u-n-p-h-i-l-t-e-r-e-d-d-d god i haven't done that in a while um you guys can follow this show again on instagram and facebook just search tek underscore podcast and again if you guys have any questions comments whatever just drop us an email eternal night pod gmail.com and again feel free to leave us a review on apple podcast itunes or whatever podcast catcher you have we greatly appreciate it helps gets the show shown and if you guys need that phonetically spelled out for you i usually leave it in the notes for the episode as it's presented as we always like to say Keep it classy in the cave. Have a great day or night. Stay safe. Take it easy. And thank you again for listening. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Eternal Night Podcast. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Brothers Discovery or DC Studios. If you would like to follow along with the show, you can do so. At, just search for TEK underscore podcast on X, Instagram, and Facebook. 
If you would like to listen to the show, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to leave us an email, feel free to do so, eternalnightpod at gmail.com. Thank you for your time.